Metaphysics is going to have to be the quote-unquote religion of tomorrow. If it isn't, you're fucked. Totally and absolutely. So, uh, so what's been going on, man? What's good? Everything's great. Um, I dropped like 50 pounds. I got a, uh, I got a banana tree in my backyard now. Nice. I got, uh, some other things. I can't remember what all of them are, but one of them appears to be some sort of sugar cane. And then I got that along with the fig tree. And uh, the uh, pomegranate tree. And uh, I've got hay over one third of the yard. Beautiful. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah, my uh, my vehicle looks even more like shit now, though. I haven't gotten around <laughs> to vacuuming all the hay out. I don't have a truck or any kind of vehicle that you'd reasonably want to haul bales of hay around. Mm. So I just, you know, I put the top down on the convertible. I put one giant bale in the back seat one bale you know shotgun got home and you know there's a tie around it but it doesn't keep it all neatly packaged right so there's just it just looks like my my vehicle was raided by horses i don't keep anything about that vehicle nice so casualty casualty of the need to garden yeah i know what that's like my my car at least the back part is we just got cardboard and tarps back there right now like we completely sacrificed it to 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 farm activity so it's it's vacuuming the hay out well for you after you could probably get away with it because of the type of car you have trying to keep it clean in between but we got the hatchback and shit it's like that's just what it's for we transfer either it's compost you know waste vegetables or straw bales or something like that so we just farm proofed it and keep it keep it pushing the tarps help out a lot dude. so you might want to harbor freight <laughs> they did not sponsor this video they did not sponsor this podcast but they probably should uh harbor freight has the dopest prices on tarps you can go there and get like 10 by 10 tarps for like eight bucks or some crazy shit like that they're huge and cheap and they and they last a while because i use them mostly outdoors too so but uh, they last, bro. So definitely get you some tarps, double up, triple up on tarps, and just start uh, start laying them down in the places. Like even for killing grass and shit like that, you get the one that's one of them they have that's reflective on one side and black on the other side, and you just lay it down with the black side up, and it'll cook that shit. It'll cook, kill all the grass and weeds under it, mm. and then you can just come in and start planting. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely have to get one of those. And as far as the vehicle is concerned. As soon as this um, this Mustang falls apart, uh, I'm going I'm going full country and just getting a truck, getting a beat up truck that doesn't matter. Yep. I'm gonna yep. get it used so it's already falling apart. It's already has some like obscene messages carved into the interior. Just a really <laughs> just a real piece of garbage. I could care less about what happens to it. Or since we're gonna be multi millionaires, a used truck is just like a 2019 Ford F-150 type shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Avalanche or something dope like that that we still get all muddy and full of hay and and, and compost and shit because that's how we roll. Nothing we have to keep nice. And then once once one of the NFTs gets us past the the billion dollar mark, uh, then then I'm going to do all my farming in a Bugatti. 
<laughs> just really <laughs> trash it. Just really trash it. Just yeah. pull up to the tractor supply store. Like, you sure you want us to put all this compost in the back seat? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you could get Lamborghini to build you a tractor. Maybe, but I I I think you already you, the your genius analysis of it is there's just something incredibly powerful <laughs> <laughs> about purchasing a super high end car just to treat it like a prostitute, just to be <laughs> horrific to it. Yeah, there's something profound in that that you yeah. know it make it makes me giddy. Yeah, this is the way. That sounds like uh, some homework that Tyler Durden would have gave somebody. Yeah. Like, get an expensive car and fill it full of horse shit. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Find a way to get your dream down. car and then yeah. drive it into the ground. Yeah. Drive it around with the top down and shit. Fuck it. Put cheap gas in it. Who cares, bro? Put <laughs> fries on the floor of my Lamborghini. That sounds like the hook to a rap song. It's French fries on the floor of my <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, that is totally that is totally one of those I'm rich but I don't care rap hooks, you know. Yeah. I got bought a tank of gas in my new E class kind of shit. Yeah, everything in my mama name. Oh, <laughs> it's on that vibe. Yeah, French fries on the floor of my Lamborghini. That's all. There's awesome. a hit song in there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want my publishing. Pay me in crypto. Wow, I'm a, which is doing really nice. Oh, wow. It really, really is. I'm happy right now. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm already watching for the next round of things I'm going to invest in. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, snipe these peaks so I can get out when I need to get out because uh, I think it's going to be a big rally and then shit's going to dump a little bit, of course, but I'm ready for it for the first time in my life. I'm ready to take advantage of it. Yeah, I'm too scared. I'm too much of a pussy to, uh, to deal with the tax headaches. So I'm just, I'm buying all the dips and I'm just holding I'm yeah. holding till Cardano's a thousand dollars, till till Amp's a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. No, when I mean get out, I mean cash my gains out into a stable coin so I can buy it all back after the dip. I definitely don't mean cash out into oh, okay, American okay, okay, dollars. Okay, I got you. That, that's not on the agenda. <laughs> Everything yeah. stays in the blockchain. Ah, I'm just I'm so I'm so pussy of how they're gonna treat that because these companies gotta be reporting it. I don't know. Like Coinbase, I know has definitely got to be reporting it because they're trying to be like, you know, the the like the marquee brand of the yeah. whole, you know, crypto phenomenon of people buying. So I just I don't know. I don't know, like if there's a signal or I know it's somewhere in the blockchain, but I don't know if the government has access to that. Like, I don't know if they're going to want a piece of every I know they do that on stocks. You know, every every time you sell, they want their 30% if you held it for less than a year. They want it. I know Webull Ally is going to send them a document. It's all public. But I, I don't know enough about crypto. Like, I don't I don't think all those trades are public. Yeah, that's why you leave it in the, in the blockchain and keep growing it, keep flipping it. There's no reason to take it out because that's where it's all, all the activity is right now is in the, the, the blockchain, the crypto, the whole market. So I have no real plan. I'm not taking it out until it's something life-changing. Like when I right. cash out, I'm cashing out enough to pay off my car or pay off my house, like that kind of shit. I'm not cashing out right. 500 bucks so I could go to Ebor on Saturday. No, no, right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, not doing none of that. I'm leaving everything in there until something 
life changing is coming out. But it's, it's fun. I'm having a great fucking time, and uh, all my picks have been up. I saw one of the guys that I follow recently. He showed his uh, portfolio in a YouTube video, and Sun is so far deep into some of the things that I've been buying and holding. And like, I got, you know, don't doing my own research. I got I'm like, yeah, this might be long-term. This is, this is pretty good. So I got a couple hundred bucks in it. This guy's got $350,000 in it. It's like, well, I think I might be able to go a little deeper on this one. <laughs> he, he's obviously not worried about it. I was like, I think I might've made a good call. If you got 300 grand in it, sitting around just chilling, I'm like, yeah, I yeah, need to go. I, I, I think I've reached my risk tolerance with the crypto though. I think I, <laughs> I think I'm 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 at about ten grand in 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 the crypto, and I think this is much because in the back of my mind I'm like, okay, Biden sends his Bitcoin task force, everything shut down, everything goes out of business, things are seized. Like I'm I'm going for worst case scenario, or there's the there's been talk about introducing a you know um, a cryptocurrency by nations. You know, like the AmeriCoin or whatever they were talking, you know, so each nation having its own Bitcoin. I heard that's what China's doing, which is why they're outlawing all the other crypto. Right. So I keep in my mind the worst case scenario. Okay, if it all goes to zero, how okay am I with it? And for where I'm at in my life, I think like right now I'm at the I'm at the this is all I could be okay with losing. Like if 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 I'm if I lose 10 grand on it, I could be like, okay. I'm okay with that. Anything more than that, like 50 grand or that dude with 350 grand, I couldn't I couldn't have 350 grand on it. Well, he had a he had a 28 million dollar portfolio. He had 300 oh, grand in yeah. he had 300 grand in amp. Oh, well that's going to yeah. that's going to get him another 28 million. Yeah, probably. Most of it was Bitcoin and Ethereum, of course, but uh there was some some definite uh a lot of activity from a lot of other coins bubbling deep amounts too. I was like, yeah, this guy's going, he's going long for sure. Well, AMP is, AMP is on the Ethereum blockchain as well, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And what, what's Bitcoin on? What's that blockchain? Called? That's all. That's just on its uh, BSC 20. They have their, their own okay. thing. Yeah. And nothing else is on there. There's no like baby Bitcoins. Um, there, I'm pretty sure there are. No, actually, BSC is Binance Smart Chain. That's something different. That's uh, yeah, that's the Binance one. So I'm not, I'm not even sure what Bitcoin is on, because the two you see the most is the Binance and Ethereum. Well, because isn't Litecoin like a baby Bitcoin? Possibly. I haven't done too much into Litecoin yet. I've been seeing a lot of people talking about it, saying that it, ha- it still has a lot of room to grow. But with all the stuff I'm accumulating right now, it's just like. A two hundred dollar coin is like, nah, I'll leave that one. I'll leave that one alone. I'm still into Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yeah. But I have I just seen haven't seen enough in Litecoin to make me want to hop in yet. But I probably will, especially if it dips after all of this is over. I'll probably hop in. Probably. I, I'm um I'm heavy on Cardano and Ethereum is probably the biggest ones. Yeah. I got a little bit of XRP. I got a little bit of the Matic. Was it Polygon? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm up pretty big on Polygon. Definitely doing good on. I mean, everything's doing good for me right now, so I'm I'm just happy. I'm I'm waiting for it to really rip. This is like the the cool uh, run up to when shit gets crazy, but uh, that's what everybody's predicting anyway. So I'm waiting to see how that goes, especially with uh, XRP shit about to let loose. I think it's gonna pop off. So we'll see. 
We'll see what happens. I'm just ready to keep rolling the money around. I'm not taking nothing out. I think it's got to be because with um, I think there was a, a net job loss again. Like, I think there was something like like four million jobs lost or quit, and they only added like a couple hundred thousand. Like, it's really really bad. Like, they're predicting they're predicting it to be really really bad. So there's way more positions available than there are people working. And I think they're gonna print like another three point four trillion. <laughs> and there was there was people talking um, big shit. I know Michael Berry. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, I've heard of him before. Yeah, the the guy from the Big Short that predicted the housing crash. And you know, people hold everything he says as gospel. Like you know, he could be just a really smart weirdo who got that one thing right that one time. It doesn't mean he's always right about everything. Ooh, save me one, my love. Thank you. Mm. Babe, don't do that. She's in here showing me empanadas. Like oh, I can't nice. do a podcast and eat empanadas. I mean, I'd want to, but it seems like it'd be unprofessional and discourteous. Well, I'm uh, I'm going to loop in the homie. Yeah, let's do to it. Come on the show today. And I'm calling him right now. He got a, a member of the Dangerous Gentleman's extended family. Popping in to, to chop it up with the cult leaders today. Can you hear us? Uh oh, I don't hear nothing. Yo. There he is. Yo, what's good, my brother? Who's cracking? You hear us? Uh oh. We heard the yo. Work it. Yeah, we heard something, but now we don't hear nothing. We'll work it out. Yo. Yo, there, there go. we go. Another yo. Yo. Third one. Okay, I take it he we could probably hear him, but he can't hear us. Yeah, that's probably what's going on. Is uh <clears throat> I know Skype does some weird stuff, man. Sometimes it'll confuse the speakers in the microphone. It'll like just switch them for some reason, and then you gotta go in there manually and like switch them back. It just has yo, can you hear me? Stuff. Yeah, we hear you. Oh wait, maybe I could put it um put it in the chat. Do, do, do. We can hear you. See, there it is. He's thinking two steps you. ahead. Yeah, I think he can't hear us, but um, but either way, this is a um, this has been this is a long time connection actually for both of us. For you, a lot longer than me, but. You, you guys have known each other an extremely long time. Yeah, I think we go back. Shit, it's got to be 30 years. Good Lord. Three decades. Yeah, that's not fair. You don't run across that too often these days. Fucking old. There'd be too many people uh, flipping on each other because of some shit somebody said on Facebook. Like, you know, <laughs> Facebook, like show up at your house and shit. You said my mama was crazy. Yeah, she is. We. <laughs> you, you, you've been saying that for years. I mean, this wasn't anything new. Yeah, but in the context of a social media dispute, it stings that much more. And I've yeah. come to end our friendship and possibly your life. I'm here now <laughs> with torches and pitchforks. You're a monster. I've come to end our friendship and possibly your life. Yeah, that definitely needs, that needs to go in somebody's script somewhere. <laughs> that needs to be spoken on film for sure. That's how Facebook beef escalates. 
Yeah, it seems to pop off pretty easy on Facebook. I see a lot of shit. <clears throat> I see a lot of shit going down, and uh, no matter what you try to like, see, I, I've stopped, of, of course, a long time ago at trying to speak sense to anybody because what's been revealed and everything that we've been saying is absolutely true because the Facebook folks and the whistleblowers and the algorithm and all that shit just publicly announced that they they make a lot more money from the engagement on negative shit than they do on oh, people yeah. just hanging out and talking to each other about positive stuff. They're like, that don't really do it. We need people to be angry. They post like 10 times more when they're angry. <laughs> so we need that. And I and, think what you're going to see is, and, and apparently this is a tactic that a lot of big organizations employ, is that once they make it, they make it past the finish line, um, then they call for regulation because then they've got the pockets, the deep pockets, to make sure that they're um, in compliance with all the new regulations. And what it ultimately does is it prices everybody else out from competing or from competing. So, like now, you, you know, there's um, what is it? Um, Telegram and Gab and Minds. There's all these yeah. alternatives. There was one I forget. Um, now there's Getter. There was another one. I forget which one that Amazon shut down um, once it started kind of competing where a whole bunch of people were leaving Twitter and getting on this one. And so I think what the idea is, is they put this whistleblower out there, right? It's not like, you know, she's saying something that nobody knew. I mean, there was a whole documentary about it on Netflix that was pushed heavy that just about everybody saw. It was, you know, on, on the level of Squid Game. Everybody saw it. So everybody knew that that's how they were drumming up, you know, attention. And, you know, young girls were killing themselves and having bad body images. You know, all of that stuff was already known. But now it's like, hey, please come regulate us. There's all these competitors out here. Here's a whistleblower that's going to, you know, be tossed up into prominence, you know, doing 60-minute interviews already. Like, she just got here. Like right. she's like, and all of a sudden you're the most famous person. It's just smells fishy. It it it, it reeks of um, contrived to me. And I think they're going to use it as a power move to basically make it too expensive for anybody else to get in the social media game. Only CIA approved social media is going <laughs> to be left. Yeah, yeah. It, it is sort of a like this orgy of evidence thing happening. But at the same time, I'm just surprised that that was being spoken about openly in a form like in a negative way too because people don't seem to believe that that type of engagement pays more and they don't think the company would have a vested interest in promoting that kind of shit like it, it goes both ways i think the fact that you can provide some type of forum for people to treat each other like that like if you opened a place if you said okay you open a kiosk or something at the mall you got a little store in the mall and what we do here is you pay to get in you pay 20 dollars to get in and after everybody paid to get in y'all just kick each other in the nuts for an hour <laughs> like if that was your business model you probably go bankrupt pretty quick <laughs> you see what i'm saying but if you have a social media site that says you know I'm going to put you to the top of the algorithm if you call somebody a Nazi and we're just going to make sure everybody argues and call each other's names and we're going to promote this crazy beauty standard so you can commit suicide if you're not happy with yourself. Like all of this stuff, then you can somehow make billions of dollars. I don't know how it works exactly, 
but I feel like the people who are willing to engage in these behaviors are a lot to blame. It's a, you know, maybe it's just natural human psychology or whatever you want to call it, but they, they are a lot to blame. You can't just be like, oh, Facebook is evil because like all they did was open a store where you come kick each other in the nuts. <laughs> all y'all showed up to kick each other in the nuts. Y'all start wearing spike boots and steel toes and shit. Like you start getting creative. So I, all they did was open the, the store. And if you build it, they will come, I guess. That's just the business. And you self-identified and inadvertently provided us with the most comprehensive CIA dossier that we've ever been able to produce. We didn't have to send out no uh, Max Steel or whatever the other dude's name is. You know, didn't have to be any MI6 or anybody following you around. You just got online, told us everybody you knew, everything that you've done, and everything that you're thinking. Wow. Awesome. So I think we might have gotten our um, audio problem solved over here. Excellent. Can you hear us now, bro? Yes. Nice. Oh, let's start kicking some nuts. <laughs> Yo, you forgot to mention, though, you got to be soft, too. Like, you can't come with some real shit. Like, if you approach any of the negativity with some real shit to shut that shit down, then they'll cancel your ass. So don't leave that part out. You got to be soft as fuck and be offended by everything. That Those are the people who are rewarded in that system. Oh, absolutely. We we yeah. reward we reward outrage and crybabiness. The, the, unfortunately, the people that suffer silently are the people that are just like, all right, I don't agree with that shit. That's all right. I don't so need to have, make a big deal about it. So have either of you heard of the platform Clubhouse? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I go on Clubhouse quite a bit. Um, there's a large photography uh, community there. And the other day, these two dudes were arguing, like, back and forth. And I'm like, I'm listening to it, you know, and the people, the room was like the most popular room ever. There was hundreds of people in there. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, <laughs> I thought this was about photography. So me being me, I interject. And I'm like, yo, both of y'all are soft as fuck. Like, soft. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, you, you're grown-ass men arguing about your feelings and shit on a fucking app? I'm like, you're professional photographers. Who gives a fuck? If you don't like each other that much, don't fuck with each other. Or get in the boxing ring, fucking box it out, and walk away. I'm like, you're on here crying like women. <laughs> this is crazy. This might that yeah, is toxic masculinity. Yeah, Yo, but, it was, <laughs> but it was so popular. Like people were mad as fuck at me for coming on and doing that. They're like, nah, nah, let him go. I'm like, are you fuck? What the fuck is going on here? This is the most potent dose of dinosaur racist <laughs> bigotry we've ever had on the show. You came out swinging, bro. That's Yo. great. Yo, and 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 yeah, that's 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 called toxic masculinity because you can't okay in my opinion i think what's happening like you said it's the most popping room because people flock to this kind of behavior right so there's something that has to be learned from there there's something that has to be and if there's nothing to be learned from there then anybody who's not receiving any benefit from it is going to abandon it 
So the people who are flocking to that shit, they got to be getting something out of it. They have to. I don't really know what it is because I don't, I'm not able to transmute that type of shit. It just annoys me to the point where I just don't want to be, I don't want to even witness it. I don't have the strength in me anymore to intervene and be like, hey, you guys relax. And like, I, I can't, I just don't have it in me to do it anymore. I just unplug myself from shit, dude. Oh, so, bro, that was, that was negative pornography for them, bro. They were loving yeah, that shit. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on, <laughs> keep it up. Keep Argue. with the negativity. We love it. Argue. Yeah, they were loving it, bro. These are grown ass men that, that aren't going to see each other, don't know each other. Why are you arguing? See, but you you've got this is a blue collar 1950s dad approach that you implemented. Like, look, if you guys don't like each other, don't fuck you. Don't fuck with each other. There's no point in broadcasting an emotional exchange between two strangers. No, I told but, him to fight too. Right? You know, to be fair, but, but, I did but, tell I did tell him to fight. And and but, one of the guys got bold after a while. He goes, I agree with Joe what, what Joseph said. Let we should just fight. You know, he got brave and shit. You know, like I gave him, I gave him courage to stand stand up and uh, I don't know, man. It it was just but, the wildest shit ever. But what what is yeah. ever gonna come up between two photographers where it has to come to blows? Well, so, so what's I know funny my about the whole bitch? I know my fucking apertures. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the funny thing about it all is, so just for humor, all the time on there, I'm I'm telling people that you know I'm not gonna argue about shit because they argue all the time. This was the worst case, but I tell them all the time, like. Instead of arguing, we, you know, Jake Paul made a successful career of trolling and, and now he's fighting motherfuckers in the ring. So I'm like, hey, yeah. you motherfuckers don't like what I got to say. I'll fight you too. Like, obviously, there's a fucking market for that. So right, let's get this money. Let's fucking fight. Let, you know, <laughs> we don't have to hate each other. It's a business thing. You know, let's, let, let's do it. You know, I'm going to start challenging YouTubers, fucking photographers, whatever. <laughs> just fucking you beat have, each other. Yeah, you at the point you might as well just get like a dueling glove. If this, <laughs> yeah. it's just where you just start carrying around a white glove. You can slap yeah, people just... in the mouth with. Yo, it, it's 2021. Uh, what did we call that shit when we were going on the streets, just just stopping people in their tracks? You remember that? Oh, the yeah. videos. Absolutely. Yeah, Yo, Dan, you never got people. to see them, bro. You never got to see these. They were classic, bro. Classic. This motherfucker was rapping on the street, rapping his ass off, and he had a he had a group of people around him. They were super impressed until we walked up and yo spit a sixteen on camera. This <laughs> motherfucker looked like he saw a ghost, bro. <laughs> he got Johnny Ringo. <laughs> Yeah, that should happen way more often. And we were kind of trolling too a little bit. Of like, course. Uh, like we weren't really authentically like, yeah, let's let's hear what you got, fam. We was like, we were basically saying, let's see if you're scared or not. That's kind of the energy we were yeah. walking up on people with. Like, yo, spit some bars, son. And I don't think anybody ever us. spit. <laughs> and they tried a few times, but they'd usually stumble over their words and try to start over. And then, you know, once you stumble once on camera... Yes, it's exactly. very unlikely you're gonna pick it up and get it right the second time because you've already fucked up on camera. So, yeah, it was uh, it, it was bad. We was trolling hard, bro. Yeah, we it was, was trolling fun, hard. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> we ran into Hulk Hogan, bro. H O K O G A N, bro. 
Yeah, this is a um, this is a character that's gonna have to go in our in our graphic novel Happy. because you know how Hulk Hogan used to when he would get all hype and he'd be yelling in his interviews and shit like that, or somebody would say his name, and oh, especially the Ultimate Warrior when the Ultimate Warrior would threaten Hulk Hogan. <laughs> And he say his name. It, it sounded like he was saying Ho Kogan, like H O as the first name and K O G A N as the last name. Ho Kogan, and it just rolled out so smooth. And it sounds a lot like it. I, I think it sounds enough like it to where Hulk Hogan would probably try to sue us. It's very likely if we made a, a, a parody character. That looked like him named Hulk Hogan. <laughs> this is phonetically identical, Your Honor. Like, I he would definitely try to sue us. With, unsuccessfully. It would just make us richer. But yeah, we ran into Hulk Hogan. Like, the yeah, real Hulk Hogan, bro. This guy. motherfucker. This, yo, he was like Hulk Hogan, the, the version that his wife left him, you know, took In alimony. Parallel universe. He just had nothing left. <laughs> but tragic all he had left, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, That's tragic. It. All he had left was remnants of being Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so he, he still had the aura on him. You like, oh, I remember you, Hulk. <laughs> I remember back in your good old days and shit. Back in your heyday. But yeah, it clearly was he wasn't taking his vitamins or saying his prayers though. Right. He was using no Alex Jones supplements. He wasn't doing none of that shit. Nah, he, was, he wasn't talking to God and just taking heroin. He just took a turn <laughs> for the worse. Yeah, that's that's the the key to being a, a professional wrestler. At least for the first forty years of professional wrestling was uh, was drugs, and the other drugs that stop you from dying from the drugs that you took. Just <laughs> <laughs> balance and shit yeah, the whole time. The whole shit. Because you're going to have to take a lot of drugs, and unless you know how to take the other ones to keep you alive, you're just going to croak. Yeah. But it is what it is. I ain't mad at them. They're they doing what they got to do. Uh, fucking, there's nothing like uh, the ultimate warrior and listening. If you ever, I don't know how often you guys get a chance to have psychedelic experiences, but if you ever trip, or even if you have a few beers and you feel good, just find. Uh, the Ultimate Warriors <laughs> on YouTube. You said that so casually, but there's a huge chasm between those two things. Like, look, I don't know if you eat like five grams of mushrooms or just take a couple hits of acid, or let's say just a beer or two. Either way, that's fine. <laughs> Anywhere on that spectrum is great. And then pull yeah, up some old. You can still enjoy it. You might enjoy it more if you're tripping. But because you know why? Because I think ultimately, I think he was tripping. I think that's why they were so epic, and that's why you you can't say the type of shit that he was saying off the top of the head and not be fucking blasted high out of your mind or something. All coked out, especially Macho Man, bro. Yes, (laughs) Macho Man was on that fucking booger sugar, bro. He was a he's a human aneurysm. <laughs> he's a walking aneurysm, bro. Yo, would you listen that for say what you want? It's kind of like when you look at music, right? And you go to certain eras, and you kind of feel bad. It's like, look, it took a lot of sadness and heroin to make this fucking awesome song. You kind of feel bad that people had to abuse themselves to such a degree and abuse their bodies to come up with that 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 bottled magic moment. 
of 80s wrestlers. <laughs> it's just so much cocaine. There's just so much cocaine and heart attacks and aneurysms down the line. It's the only thing that produces some of those outfits and antics. It's, it's hands down the best era. I, I've gone down those rabbit holes of watching Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, Randy Savage. I don't know who that dude was with The Undertaker. Oh, he used to have this. Oh, Brother Barry. Love. Brother <laughs> Love, bro. <laughs> oh, gosh. Shit. Dude, so wrestling is basically Parliament Funkadelic, but with fighting instead of music. Oh, yeah. for sure. That's pretty much what it is. A bunch of high motherfuckers dressing funny with characters and shit. And instead of making music, they beating the shit out of each other. Yo, so I saw something recently. I think it was on YouTube. I, I could be mistaken. But Randy Savage, speaking of him, he took his inspiration, his costume from a pimp. Oh, That's yeah. where he got it from. It was from what? a pimp. Yeah. Absolutely. Look at the outfit. It's purple. It's grandiose. Those glasses. Absolutely. I absolutely see that. Holy shit, bro. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, you can look it up. Like it it's on I think it's YouTube. Um I had never heard of it either, but I I, I wasn't that shocked. It, it I mean it was it was weird to hear that, but once I heard it and I'm like thought about it like, yeah, that's I mean, shit, yeah. Willie Dynamite all day. Yeah, I could definitely see a pimp wearing streamers on the back of his jacket. One hundred percent. That I'm, makes sense. I'm pretty sure he made a a rap track too. So you got to have vision. <laughs> Yo, Willie Dynamite is probably one of the best uh, black exploitation films with with pimping as a backdrop. You know, I know everybody loves Superfly. You know, people love uh, what's the the Mac, all that shit. But uh, Willie Dynamite, anybody who's listening and you've never seen Willie Dynamite, please immediately go watch Willie Dynamite. And you'll also discover, as soon as the movie starts, you'll discover where uh, Sleepy Brown got his whole style from. If you know Sleepy Brown, that was with uh, Dungeon Family, Outcast. He was singing hooks with Outcast and shit like that. You see where he got his whole steeds from. So Willie Dynamite, bro. It's one of the best pimp movies out there. If you can, if you can tolerate pimping, and, and <laughs> as a, as a backdrop to a story, it's a wholesome story. Don't get me wrong; he's a pimp with a heart of gold. You know what I'm saying? You've heard it before, but this is one of the best depictions of that whole character arc that's ever been put to film. Yo, I love the Mac. It's got some classic shit in it. It's got Richard Pryor in it. You know what I mean? There's there's scenes from the Mac that I will probably be quoting. When I'm lost my mind already. <laughs> when I've already lost my mind, I've taken my last five gram trip and I might not come back. I'm, that's that's going to be my moments of clarity. I'm going to be like, motherfucker, can you buy that? I'm just going to be fucking <laughs> quoting the Mac, bro. <laughs> and Willie Dynamite. I'll just uh, generally just speak in black exploitation clips, just commit all the movies to memory. And just speak just in black exploitation clips. Yeah, your yes. caretaker is gonna have a great time at the. Oh yeah, so that's yeah. gonna be a fun person to watch. They're gonna be going viral on TikTok <laughs> <laughs> because they're recording me flipping out. Look, it I may try. not be fun to them though because they're gonna be younger than him most likely, and the motherfuckers <laughs> are coming from a generation where they'll be offended like a motherfucker. 
Nah, yeah. It'll still blow up on YouTube. You're gonna bring in the scrambled eggs in the in the morning, motherfucker. Can you buy that? <laughs> like, why does he say this what every day? <laughs> you know the rules. Orange juice. You know the rules. Your bitch chose me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, quoting Dolomite and shit. Yeah, I'll be famous, bro. <laughs> I'll be famous. They'll be bringing me weed and smoking me out. <laughs> and I'll be telling them stories about black exploitation movies. You'll have a, you'll have a, uh, interview on sixty minutes and shit. <laughs> you, you remember they had the one with the old man in the in the nursing home and they played yeah the with the music. Yeah. yeah, they'll just be playing me. Black, they'll play me Dolomite. I'll start dancing. <laughs> You forgot everything about life except black exploitation films. That's all I remember. They showed me pictures of my kids and shit. I'm just like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You you put on Black Belt Joes. (laughs) Like it comes alive. Three the hard way. Oh Oh. my gosh. (laughs) Oh, Black Belt Jones, bro. Black Belt Jones has a scene in it. Where it's a bunch of dope shit in Black Belt Jones. First of all, so okay, so y'all gotta watch Willie Dynamite and then go watch Black Belt Jones. So Black Belt Jones has a scene in it where it's a dude. Ironically, the villain in that movie's name is Pinky, right? Mm-hmm. So he's rolling through the hood and shit. Somebody came to his pool hall and was telling him like, "Yo, we don't want you selling drugs and you fucking up the community." And his son was like, "Yo, don't come in here with that communist shit." And that was funny to me back then without even really knowing the full context of him saying, like, the dude's basically saying, don't mess up the community, don't sell drugs to children. He's like, <laughs> with that communist shit, me. I don't want to hear shit. Right. So they threaten the kid, he leaves, and when he comes back, uh, some, you know, he's bringing back somebody to avenge him. And it's a woman. And she shows up, bro. She's got a dress on and shoes and shit. And she's like, yo, where's Pinky? So, of course, they start talking shit to her. They're walking up on her. And he said something to her. He called. He was like, bitch, don't make me do something. Threatened her in some kind of way. And she started taking her shoes off. And she said, I'll make you look like a sick faggot. (laughs) And I was just like, yo, listen, that is the best threat I've ever heard in my entire life. For that to be written and delivered by a woman about to fight a room full of men, that's one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. And I know it doesn't translate well to 2021, but to hear that spoken from a woman's mouth as a child, I was like, yo, I love it. I love this movie. I love this woman. <laughs> it's the baddest bitch I ever seen. Yeah, I think I think if there's anybody under 30 listening right now, that that was like uh, nails on the chalkboard. Yeah, that hurt. I'm sure it hurt. Yeah. I'm sure it hurt. I'm not apologizing because I thought it was a very good threat. Well, we're analyzing it as art in its particular context at that time. Right. Right now, today, you should never say that to anybody. Even if you do want to hurt them really bad, or that's not a good threat to make. Or even if you're really going to end up making them look exactly like that, you still wouldn't verbalize it that way. Well, I guess the, the bigotry right now is assuming that they would look any type of way. Why would they look any different than a regular sick person? Right? I just make you, that's not much of a threat. I was, I'm going to make you look sick. It doesn't really hit the same way. But either way, definitely go watch Black Bell Jones. For sure, for sure. You know what I think would be a piece of good content is for you guys to break down how long you've known each other and how you, uh, 
how this whole thing is de has developed from the beginning up until now. Because I did get recently a snapshot of uh, of you guys' history together. And I, 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 it was a literal snapshot. There were some very illicit photographs <laughs> that got sent to me without my consent. And, uh, so I had to store them on a burner phone that I got from the corner store just to get them off my actual phone. But I do still have them in the bag just in case. And I found about 15 more. I think uh, my mother was cleaning out something. And these were pictures like there was one set from like Guava Ween way back in the day when uh, people first started showing their titties. And then there was ones where um, is when you were at uh, those one apartments, that one set of apartments off Lakewood. Pictures and of us? Yes, you took, dude. You had this. You had this idea, and it worked. There was there was a there was a couple times where it worked. You basically we took a whole bunch of pictures. I forget who else. There was this other. I can't remember the dude's name. One of them. I want to try to protect all the innocents. We always use aliases, but but uh, Legatijo. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And there was another dude. Like his name was like I think it started with a C. I can't remember. Um. He he was probably affiliated or whatever. It's probably bad that I have pictures with him. But there there but you there was one that you took. I remember to, I can't find that one. But it was like you were in a wife beater with the boxing gloves with like this lotus blossom in the background. <laughs> and we we had taken because you because it was when you first started getting into photography and you were like, yo, you know what I'm saying? We'll just take pictures. We'll get some good pictures of all of us. You know what I'm saying? You pass them out to girls or whatever. Hey, I got a friend, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, what's your friend look like? Oh, here goes a picture. No, no, no. So it's like we were taking like these thugged out Olin Mills snapshot. So there was a bunch like of us at the park. It's, I, I'll, I'll, I'll text some of them to you that I found. Please but yeah, do. Some, it's, it's one of the most like shame inducing, cringiest things. Like I, I'm looking at these pictures of myself. I'm like, this is the gayest, most ridiculous shit I've ever participated. Hey, you can't say that. But it's but it's hilarious. <laughs> Disavow. Disavow. You can't Disavow. say that. You know, you know why, bro? This shit might shut down. Like, <laughs> just turn off. We get canceled in the middle of the show. No, no. We've already decided that we're uncancelable. We've already, we are, and and plus, I said disavow. So that that yeah. uh, yeah. So you're free and clear. As long as you say disavow afterwards or before, you're fine. Oh, so that's kind of like the no homo thing. Yeah, yeah, basically. Right. Like, right. It, it, and I also disavow the use of the term no homo. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> just, just so we're clear. That's the, that's the woke equivalent, though. You're right. So as long as we, we, maybe we've crossed the line, we've also done a good job inoculating all of the ethnic and cultural bases. So we, we've, we've established... Uh, enough uh, diversity in the core representatives of the movement that we, we can't be attacked from any angle without them being a racist. So tell, tell me about these pictures, though. This is this is interesting because, you know, I I don't know of many pictures. I always kind of um, avoided picture day and all of that, which I regret, you know, and I tell my children not to do that, you know, because it's something to look back on. So this is really interesting to me. Listen, I'll, I'll I'll send you copies of all of them. There's a few of uh, the the ones of me are particularly douchey, like so I definitely come out the worst in all of this. 
but there's there's some with uh yeah because you're definitely laying on the ground in one of them yeah yeah like writhing <laughs> like it's like what am i doing yeah i Who's can tell you was shot yeah it's bad it's, it's bad and then i found some more with uh ismiles and a few of them but he, but Ismael wasn't posing for the for the pitches. There was a there was a set that was particularly um there was like four of us. I'll send them to you. I'll take little snapshots and forward them to you. Oh, Hilarious, dude. man. The Hilarious. one with the land on the ground, son. That that just that one takes the whole cake. Out of all the pictures I saw. <laughs> you know, the, the rest of the pictures were pretty benign. It was like just some homies chilling, taking pictures. But the one laying on the ground, that's the one. Yeah, that's, that's the one. Bad. That's the one you give to a group of girls and be like, pass this around. <laughs> that's crazy. Pass so, that around. Show everybody. Show your mom so, too. I don't know that you remember it, but it was it was it was back in the days where I was always wearing like too many shirts. Like like it couldn't just be a shirt. Like no no no, there's got to be a jean vest or like or like a woven mecca vest. And always I was always wearing those stupid fucking uh, paperboy hats. You know, like a 1930s. Gee, thanks, Mister. <laughs> Those yeah. hats. That Red that, that was the era. Yeah, that was the era where so, where you. Yeah, go ahead. Late 90s, then. Yes, yes. Yeah. Where it's just yeah. you bro, freestyle. Let's just freestyle. Let's just freestyle for hours, bro. There was um there there was it was I forget whose apartment it was, but like we went. There was some racquetball courts where we took some of the pictures. There was some pictures on like the uh. The playground equipment, like we 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 were just. Uh, I think you had gotten a new camera that you were trying it out, and it, it was it was like your it was your brainchild. What but the I, fuck? were we shooting an immature video, bro? What the fuck? We were on playgrounds and listen, shit. What listen, the fuck's going on that, here? That was that was that was the energy. That was the energy. You had you had masterminded it, but we had all we had all gotten. Um, you we all had, bought listen, it. Listen. All of us were complicit, so there's no one, no, there's no more onus on one person over the other. And like I said, because I came out the most ridiculous, I, I feel like you know no one has to feel bad, no one listen, has to feel worse than me. Listen yeah. though, I I don't I don't dispute that any of this happened. I don't remember this, but I I just told I was telling my my daughter the other day, you know, because. She's now in high school and, yeah. you know, the pressures of dating and all that start to come up. And and I'm honest with my kids. And I told my daughter, I said, listen, when I was in high school, I know how they think. Because when I was in high school, all I thought about was chasing girls. I didn't care yeah. about class. I didn't care about any of that. I even stole my dad's car to go see some girls. You know what I mean? Like, all I thought about was that. That's it. How I could conceive ways to 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 meet girls i went to the mall to meet girls i went to the movies whatever that's all i thought about yeah that's the modus operandi yeah and this was just another vector of attack background music to all this who who was the artist do you remember that during that era the artist that uh kind of drove a lot of that for me hmm once you say it, I know I remember it. Too no. short, bro. Oh yeah. Okay. You cra- you remember I used to put on some too short, bro, and it was like that was like my my uh, rally song. I put that on, and all of a sudden I was I was a pimp or whatever, you know. I look Bitch. back, I'm like, man, that's crazy. <laughs> no, teenage teenage boys are definitely they're drug addicts. 
They're just there's no difference between a crackhead and a teenage boy. This I, I remember just the ridiculous links to be with girls, to connect with girls. I also stole my parents' uh, vehicle. <laughs> just a, yeah, it was whatever cop. you had to do. <laughs> and the, the person that you mentioned, it. the L yeah. person, like Lagartijo, yeah. we used to steal his parents' car too. And if you remember, his parents were from um, an island right. nation. Um, and, and they, were able, they were able to come back with with yeah. uh, alcohol. So yeah. this dude had like an unsurmountable amount of freaking alcohol. Like it never ended. This dude had yeah. bottle after bottle. After, I don't know where all this shit came from. But that was like our thing. Like, shit, we got alcohol. We got a car. You know, we used to push the car, put it in neutral. Pushed the car down the street a little bit, started up, and we were off to the races, bro. Yeah. Don Koo. Remember Don Koo rum? Dude had so much of that shit. That's amazing. Oh, bro, and we used to smoke cigars. We thought we were the shit, bro. Just straight cigars. <laughs> That's some grown man business right there. Bro, bro, the only thing we weren't doing was playing cards. Would it be stealing or, or throwing the car dice. to go see some women. Would it be bringing some cognac and some cigars. Would be enjoying enjoying the finer things. Yeah, man. Little little adults, little adult crackheads doing anything to get some pussy. That's yes. why I'm. That's why I'm. I'm not mad at your mom, bro. Like your mom, she hated me. <laughs> no, but it was like a. I, I wouldn't like say love, she hated. No, no, you. it was a that's love hate strong. thing. It was a was, love paint thing with she her. She was the most excited uh, out of everybody to see you at the uh, the reception. Yeah. I, and I understand that totally. And I was telling um, Loy about that. I said, you know, um, I could feel her energy that, and and every time I've seen her in the last few years, it's it's been that kind of energy. So it's nothing like when we were growing up. I just think she recognized the game. She knew that. Um, oh yeah, you I were that on, friend. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, you're going to get my boy into trouble. <laughs> but but the thing is, I wasn't a troublemaker. Like, I was a troublemaker when it came to women. Like, women, here I go. But girls. Yeah. But I wasn't, you know, going to do anything to get us in jail unless you consider the stealing our parents' car, that type of shit. Yeah, but I didn't do drugs. I didn't, I didn't do anything like that. You know, yeah, I but also, too, I wasn't one to, like, be easily persuaded. At all. But if I was on some Chucky shit, like, I don't know, guys, this is a bad idea. Like, yeah. I, I, I stayed out of my limits. Yeah. You know, I stayed within my limits, rather. Yeah. I do remember the time you went to Walgreens to steal me some condoms, though. See, I don't even remember that. Yeah. That's, that's a good friend. Yeah. A friend that'll go steal condoms for you. <laughs> he, went, <laughs> he went and stole condoms, bro. I'll never forget it. That's why the condoms are behind locked doors, windows and shit in the places now. Oh, yeah. Because of shit like that. Yeah, they got a picture yeah. of him up. <laughs> <laughs> like, see this guy? This Condom is why thief. they're behind the counter. Condom thief. This guy has low morals, but he gets a lot of box. Yeah. I, so I, yeah, so we've been, uh, you know, just to kind of circle back around, we've been friends since, uh, I believe, 94. Maybe nah, 93. Was, 93? No, nah, it was 90. Yeah, 92. Oh, 92. Yeah, 91, 92 is when we first moved into that neighborhood. Okay. 
And I was probably the first person he met in the neighborhood. Um, I met him like the first week he was there. Um, so in the neighborhood, I, I had this big gangly, heavy set cousin that everybody thought was a badass because he was big, you know, so nobody wanted to fuck with him. So, and I was always, I always had the same energy The what, what I discussed early in the show, like, yeah, let's fight. I always was that guy. So even back then, Dan can attest to that. And with him, it just intensified that energy because nobody wanted to fuck with his big ass, even though he was soft as ice cream. <laughs> but nobody wanted to fuck with him because he was big. So it just emboldened me. You know what I mean? I, I, I did a lot of questionable shit, challenged a lot of, did a lot of questionable challenging and shit that probably would have got me hurt. But, um, so, you know, we, we kind of policed the neighborhood in, in a certain sense. And I met Dan, Dan was quiet. Uh, he didn't, he loved basketball. The motherfucker played basketball more than anybody I ever seen in my life. If, if somebody would have asked me then, who do you think could turn pro? It had been him because of his dedication to it um, before his accident, that is. But um, he, I guess, he always had a smart mouth. Even though he was quiet, he he always would come out with some off-the-wall shit. So I guess somebody didn't like what he said and, and wanted to fight him after school, after a bus ride or whatever. Um, and so, you know, they... They fought or he... Well, just, just to clarify, because you fucking up the story. I, well, so, I, I'm trying not to tell the, so, the normal story I tell, but if you no, want we, me to. No, we, we'll, we'll, no we'll, give the, we'll give the full disclosure. Okay. So I, I was actually the, the opposite. Like, I didn't like fighting. And I walked away from a lot of fights where I could have fucked the person up. You know, I was bigger, but I just didn't like fighting. I hated it. I loathed it. This motherfucker would always initiate fights. Fights that would have been very difficult for him to win. Didn't give a fuck. Would just and the the fucked up thing is that um his his approach was way more effective. My my like, hey, I would just rather have peace. That shit does not work. <laughs> it's better just to threaten to fuck up everybody, even if you don't have the firepower to do it at the moment, uh is gonna be better than trying to broker peace. But uh when I well, it was the first bus ride home and everybody on the bus was telling your mama jokes. No, your mama's so fat, her blood types, ragu, oh, and all, all, all that corny shit. So it wasn't directed at anybody. People were simply having an open forum in which to share your mama jokes. Just to simply put them on display. Hey, what mama jokes do you know? Here's some of your mama jokes that I know. And that's and that's what was happening. Um so me being the new dude on the bus day one, I'm like, listen, I'm going to ingratiate myself with these people. <laughs> Clearly, I'm going to make friends with everybody because I know a lot of very clever your mama jokes. <laughs> I have been forged. This is the ethos of my of my humor. I was forged in the crucible of of your mama shit talk. So I'm I, I know a whole bunch of gems. I dropped one and it was like when the dude walks into the um walks into the uh, saloon or the, the party and the record skips. <laughs> like, as soon as I gave my your mama joke, everybody on the bus turns around and looks at me in the back. And it's like, yo, who the fuck's mom you talking about, bro? You talking about my mom? 
Carbon monoxide from what? I don't think there's no carbon monoxide, babe. I think we'll survive. Yo, if Dan just falls off the mic, we know what happened. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's an alarm going off. I know, honey, but it, it's gone off a couple times before. I think it's because you just cooked. I think it's some smoke from the, from the empanadas, babe, is what I think happened. If it goes off again, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll check it, honey. But I really do think we'll we'll yet live. So anyway, um, everything stops. And the dude um that ended up wanting to fight me, he wanted to show out, and he was he was much smaller than me. Tiny. I think I think I would have been quite all right um fucking him up if we had to really, really fight. But I had just moved from probably one of the worst areas and the worst schools I've ever been to where I literally had to get in fights every single day. And I promised myself, like, I'm living in a new state. I'm going to a new school. I will absolutely refuse to get in fights. Like, I hate fighting. I don't want to fight. I'm not going to get any fights. So we got off the bus, and he's, you know, he's yapping or whatever. And I'm not, you know, just not trying to fight. And so he hits me with a quick jab, and I just, and I just, um, kind of put my hand in my face and just start walking away. Like it's it's shameful. It's a, it was a, it was it was a dignified uh but embarrassing shameful uh retreat. I didn't run away or nothing. I just walked away. You know, like I I'll take the punch and I'll walk away. I just I really really don't want to fight. Now, it, fast forward, we did end up becoming cool. Um he did end up going to prison I think for like 40 years or something. I think he's still in. I don't know. I have to check on that. There's actually a lot of people in the neighborhood across the street. Um our neighborhood did way better on keeping people out of prison. The neighborhood next door there was there was quite a few people that that ended up in prison. Um and he actually rolled with me when uh he was with me when we had the accident and when we stole uh when we stole my parents' car. <laughs> To drive around. So we ended up being cool. But on day one, he had to show out that, you know, he was. Um, and the way that this dude tells the story is like, yeah, man, I found that he had just been beaten, possibly raped. I found him in the ditch. No. Now you're leaving out shit. I approached you. My feet weren't even touching the ground. Like I was hovering across. <laughs> I hovered across the road because it, it was across the street, a, a busy street. So I didn't even walk over there. It was like. I just uh, levitated and and hovered over to him. There was a light behind me, and I stuck out my hand and and offered to help this gentleman. And that's how we became friends. Oh, that was very benevolent, very benevolent of you to come to. Isn't that race. how you remember it, Dan? It was it was something <laughs> close to that. I mean, that sounds like. Listen, I didn't remember stealing con condoms, so it's it's well within the um. Well, within the parameters of, of probability. Um, I didn't remember, you know, uh, Randy was like, yeah, dude, because I had forgotten how we became cool. And he was like, yeah, man, you were working in the office and they confiscated my Walkman and you went and stole it back for me. I I'm like, for that. real? I did that? I He's like, that. yeah, you did that. Yep, I remember that. You wow. did that. You did that a couple times for different stuff, beepers, all kind of shit. You were like that guy to go to. I've always been a subversive. Fuck the system. Look out for the people. Um, did you ever tell the story of uh, Everest? Yeah, we, we touched on it briefly. 
the 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 main thing. Uh, my favorite part of that was the woman in the dashiki and the kufi shouting <laughs> for the authorities. There they go, Mr. Tribble. There they go. It's like, oh, bitch. I love it. Y'all, y'all got Yo, a, a very storied criminal stuff past. on us and everything every day. Got a very, very colorful criminal past. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was this is when we were we were reading like uh, radical literature pretty hard, like everything, uh, like about the Black Panthers and American history, like super far left radical shit. And the reason I remember it was '08. It's because I still remember Randy to this day. Like, man, talk about some 08 shit. Yeah, Y'all you know, talking about fucking that. Bernard Purdy and fucking Roy Ayers and all this fucking Huey Newton shit. Talk about some 08 shit, some shit that's out now. And that's the truth. He he was always on that talk about some 08 shit because literally we would ride around the black exploitation sound <laughs> and everything. So you you were really touching home earlier when you were talking about the black exploitation because we would ride around to black exploitation soundtracks, everything. I, like we wanted to embody that <laughs> that period. Yeah. That's the shit. I don't we, blame we, you. That shit captivated the hell out of me. I was trapped in black exploitation films and kung fu movies. And the kung fu movies weighed a little bit heavier on my on my ideology, and how I I really walked around thinking for a long time. It was some Bruce Leroy shit. I felt like I was one of the guys from the kung fu movies, like the guy who's new in town, and he sees two people stealing fruit from the fruit vendors, and they're like making fun of him. So he goes over there and beat their ass and take the fruit back and give it to the fruit vendors. Like that's the guy I wanted to be growing up. So that's how I lived my life. And it was all it was literally because of Kung Fu movies. The shit that you're consuming when you're that when you're that young. Yeah. If you're just watching Scarface in New Jack City every day, yeah, buddy. <laughs> it's very likely you're gonna run into some different type of troubles. Very likely. But the the type of shit that you're deep into is definitely but I was also into a lot of nerdy shit too that kept me out of trouble. Because the people who were playing Dungeons and Dragons, they weren't like they weren't stealing cars on the weekends. Right. That's pretty much all they did was play fucking Dungeons and Dragons and talk about the newest anime and video games and comic books and shit like that. They weren't getting in no type of trouble. But yeah, everybody else I was hanging with. But like also, like you said, I wasn't scared to be like, nah, I'm good, son. Yeah. Whatever was going down, and when it was something when, when shit didn't feel right, and I felt like the risk factor was a little bit too high, I'm like, yeah, I'll check y'all later. <laughs> like, I don't want no parts of this shit. Yo, it, do I have? I, so you you mentioned the word trap. Do I? I got a I got a gem, bro. I'd love to play it on this show. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how to do it, but if you check, can, if you check, can figure it out. Yeah, check it out. Oh shit. While inside his dope trap. So I brought up the point that if you're inside the dope trap, you must be trapped in it. There's nothing you can do to get out. You're in the trap and you're trapped. This is your life. And he proceeds to explain to me that just because this is the trap, don't mean they trapped in the trap. (laughs) So I said, if this is the trap and you're inside the trap, then by definition, you're trapped. 
sound particularly agitated that, <laughs> that, that, that that logical fallacy yeah wait, wait a minute yeah that was that was way before i had found my own personal zen it was i, I remember having that conversation i remember the frustration and he and and, and the feeling of talking to somebody who's so off right? and and you and you can't stop engaging with them because deep down somewhere you want to convince them that they're wrong you want to like prove yeah. it to them and shit so you're like you you're getting more frustrated than they are because they, they don't know what the fuck's going on they're just like nah you're not right and you're pulling your fucking hair out like wait wait so, <laughs> so wait, let me rephrase it so you understand what i'm saying like nah son let that shit go <laughs> so that was during the same era dan just to give you context yeah. at, when we were doing that trolling and shit because yeah. Right around that time, we also, if I can find it, I'll send it to you one day. We we rolled up on somebody, and he said um, that white pussy was clear. So we 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 have a video of this motherfucker, like, totally off base. And, it, I, I mean, I don't know if yeah, he was is, fucked this up. This is some e-board drunkenness. It has Yes, to. yes, it was, yeah. it was nuts. Yeah, he ran across the street to talk to us. And he was with these two ladies, and uh, they were they were definitely melanin deficient ladies, <laughs> and they were definitely body positive. So they were body positive, melanin deficient ladies that he was with. Two of them. And I, I feel as, like this is code for for women with good credit for when you get out of jail. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have the visual right. Yeah, you would especially appreciate them if you get out of jail in the wintertime. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, <laughs> so, I've picked up what you placed out. Okay, so he's chilling with them. And we just had the camera out. We were talking and we saw him. And he was like, he was super hype and everything. So I don't remember how we got each other's attention. But he ends up running across the street. And... I don't know. I, I think somebody, I think it might have been me or something was just, I was joking. I'm just like, tell him why you mad, son. Exactly you know, what you said. Shit. Tell him why you mad, son. Yeah, tell him why you mad, son. And he just started ranting about how white women are better than black women. And it was the most, I was just, I was just stun locked. Like I couldn't say nothing. I couldn't like, it was the goofiest shit I've ever heard in my life. I'm surprised that he could put sentences together. <laughs> to say what he was trying to say. It was the dumbest shit ever. But he was confident and happy and stared. He did, he performed better on camera than the rappers did. Oh, 100%. He was freestyling off the top. And he said everything his little heart wanted to say. And it was the goofiest piece. I'm sure it's the dumbest piece of footage that we've ever been a part of. He had sure. the courage, he had the courage of his convictions. Yo, yeah, but... he meant what he said. He stood on his square. 
He meant exactly what he said. He said white women were better than black women because black women stink and white pussy is clear and it don't and it don't stink. And black women should he said they they got bumps around their yeah, their pussy. They so they need to put some mayonnaise on it or something mayonnaise. to clear it up. <laughs> the the ironic thing about it all, he's calling people this, that, and the other, but his his record company or whatever. Nasty N-word entertainment. Yeah. He did say that. He shouted it out. He shouted it out. But I mean, what could, what do you expect from that guy? If that's the name of his record label, he's got a tattooed on himself. He's rolling around with two body positive melanin deficient, melanin deficient and, women. Right. People who will <laughs> buy you furniture from Rena Center with very little question. <laughs> oh, they were paying for studio time, bro. <laughs> that was studio time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, so, yeah, I'm gonna need you giant bitches to wake up early and get to work tomorrow because <laughs> I oh, got a new artist the, flying down track I... for sure. <laughs> and they were the type they were the type of, of women who wore the like shiny ass club clothes, you know, oh, shit that's like shit, super yes. shiny. Yep. Yeah, those. That I'm dude, that guy. Yeah, dude. I mean, we were like, you know how when you try to like you, you laughing and, and things are funny and you're trying to get like you, we kind of wanted something, you know, some debauchery on film. We're in Ebor, people are drunk, and we're not drunk, so we're totally taking advantage of the possibility that something funny could happen. But when when that guy was done, it was just like, yeah, that that was disgusting. <laughs> that, it was, I mean, it was kind of funny, but mostly just disgusting. He was horrible. I feel bad for him and everybody who thinks he's cool. But yeah, that was that was an amazing piece of footage that we got for free just by being out in the world with a camera. Yeah, I I often wish that I could go out and do that again. I just don't know that my energy aligns with that now. Right. Right. I I just don't I don't care enough. Yeah. I say that a lot on this show, I think. I think that's my my path and my key to to not letting shit drag me down and not letting shit pull me too far off from my focus is is that's true that's really what it boils down to is I, I don't care enough i'm not magnetized to it strong enough to make me follow through with the the labor and the output necessary to to, to get to that shit i just it, it doesn't matter enough to me yeah i'm definitely not enough there was there was definitely a time where i was completely enthralled and it was the greatest thing ever to to piss people off and to get under people's skin and just talk super shit. I can only be offensive now in the abstract. Like, if we're talking about cultivating a little universe where Latinx and patriarchy are fighting to the death, I, I'm okay with that. And I know the, the content people would find, but it's not personal. You know, like, it's the abstraction of those ideas, and I'm poking fun at it. But, like, to confront somebody one-on-one, -on -one, like, I don't have a desire to, like, to demean anybody or hurt anybody's feelings or even crack a joke at that individual's expense. Like, I'd rather do it at the ab in the abstract. Once it's personal, like, face-to-face -face with somebody, and, again, I'm not trying to say, oh, you know, I'm so moral and right, because there was a time where I was, I'm all about that. Just can't stop, you know, and I'm happy to indulge in that. But just, I don't know. I don't know. It, it must have been when my testosterone dropped below a particular level. I just don't have that that mean spirit anymore. 
you know. You, but were, you were the master at that shit. It was, I was very mean-spirited and used to talk a lot <laughs> of shit. Yes. Yo, he loved it. This motherfucker loved to piss you off. I've he heard this. It. I've heard this from a couple different sources. I'm going to keep it all the way real. I've definitely heard that you were a professional antagonist Absolutely. and that you seem to take pleasure in it. I've definitely, uh, that this has come up a couple times. So, but you know what? This leads to, this is a perfect segue into a topic that we had already kind of said we wanted to kind of get into a little bit, but it's a perfect, and I'll actually, I'll maybe I'll let, uh, I'll let you start, Joey, if you don't mind. Um, what, what do you think is the biggest transformation that you've made personally that you that you see as a a positive big change from years ago when we when like you said y'all go back a long time we go back a long time so from back then to now what do you see as your own biggest piece of evolution personally easy 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 um ego ego for me was a motherfucker and and dan knows this very well his friends hated me i don't know if they hated me but they didn't particularly like to be around me because i was older than all of them and you know i had that don't give a fuck attitude all the time and um i i just thought i was the man at everything um i didn't understand how to harness the power of self-confidence at the time so I've always been self-confident still to this day, and it's it's unlocked a lot of doors for me. But at the time, I, I kind of abused that, um, and I didn't care who who it offended, who it hurt, whatever. I, I, I was just an egotistical bastard, and I'll, and I'll give you some examples. So Dan and I went to school together. And I would do stupid shit like um, walk up to him like, yo, you're going to sit with the, the cool motherfuckers at this table or over there? You know, like just stupid ass shit. But then we'd go home and, and we were like the best of best friends. And, and I'm lucky. One thing that was always beautiful about Dan is he was super tolerant. So though he was an antagonist and whatnot, he's always had a super high level of tolerance. Um and and I'll use that to segue into the next thing, the thing we talked about. I had an epiphany recently also um, to where I, I took a nap before work and then I woke up and I'm like, you know what? I need to make a change um, because I'm not tolerant. I found that over the years, um, so first it was ego. I had to defeat that, which, which I, I was able to do, thank goodness. Um, but tolerance in recent years has been an issue for me because I don't like or didn't like the younger generation because I don't like that soft shit. Um, and if you were to ever meet my dad, you'd understand why. Like my, my dad, he never let me get away with shit. And Dan knows this, like this motherfucker would make fun of me. Like if I acted too cocky or whatever, he would make fun of me in front of my friends, whatever he could to knock me off my cloud. Or even if I wasn't doing something like that, he, it, even if it was a, a good moment for me, like I won something, he would never give me that victory. He would always somehow find a way, you know, because he just never wanted me to be a cocky dude. He was trying to teach me a lesson. Um, 
but in recent years i just i've grown intolerant because i don't i don't like that soft shit i don't like their music i don't like things that they represent nothing but i realized that this is not my generation this is their generation and i need to make the adjustments not them you know that's like me going to china and just being arrogant and saying well they need to speak english around here and <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's the same thing it, for me to expect the younger generation to like embrace my values and morals and it's not going to happen you know and i'm going to continue to be angry about it and I think what makes me angry, though, um, just reflecting a little more since we've talked, is the fact that my style is to say what I want. And I think what makes me angry is we're in an era where we can't say what we want now because literally they can try to shut you down for that. Um, so I think that's where the frustration is, I'm, but I'm taking it the wrong way. I need to kind of evolve my approach. I think so in the last few weeks, man, I've, I've had a lot of fun because, you know, at the core, uh, I am a person who really enjoys humor. I like to laugh a lot and shit. I just, I found myself not doing that because of the intolerance and, you know, I'm pretty stress-free dude. Uh, I don't really have any stress. I'm happy all the time, positive. So it just didn't align with with who I am now. So I knew something had to change. And I think a lot of people struggle with that for one reason or another. Um, so I'm just trying to embrace it now. I'm having a lot of a lot of fun, man. I'm I'm using my humor again and you know, just trying to bridge that gap between myself and, and other people who, you know, cause I work in an industry, I'm a photographer. I work in an industry where all my models are younger than me. So it, it can affect that relationship if, if I don't find that common ground. So that's what I'm trying to do. Right. I feel that that's dope though, that you found something that you wanted to adjust and making that adjustment has a, a visible, clear, positive effect in your day-to-day -day life i think that's what this whole shit is about if you can make a habit out of figuring out where you need to adjust and making those adjustments and then recognizing how they affected your life in a good way shit dude that's uh that's the path to enlightenment right there right that's like <laughs> you can't really ask for much more from a human on the planet than to try to fucking fix what they think is out of alignment with themselves and so you that's know dope shit one thing I really, really enjoy in life is inspiring people. That's that's my passion. So I know my passion. You know, I, I do photography and all that. I like those things a lot. I love people and I love um, teaching and inspiring. And, um, you know, I, I like to believe that, you know, that I'm a firm believer in the power of self-confidence, you know, and that's, that's my path to teach people how to harness the, the power of self-confidence because I've seen all my life, what it can do when you're self-confident and, and 
let me make clear that there's a a fine line between self-confidence and arrogance. So my definition of the two is arrogance is someone who uses people as stepping stones to, you know, create, I guess, this false sense of self-confidence. Self-confident motherfuckers want to also create other self-confident motherfuckers. So basically, you, you're making your own network around you. Um, right. You're leader creating leaders, so to right. speak. Right. See, I've always, the, the distinction I've always made is that I think when you're confident, it's you assessing yourself. And when, when it's arrogance, I think it's when you start to assess yourself in relation to other people. You know, that, that's always how I look at it. So if a person, if somebody is an artist and they says, I'm dope, that's awesome. Like, I love that you love your own shit. If you say, I'm way better than those people, that's like, uh, that kind of stinks a little. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the aura coming off that one. <laughs> that's just a little bit different for me. You know what I mean? So I think uh, if you're assessing yourself for just of what you do and how you complete your task and what the product is and how you move and all of that, then ain't nothing wrong with that. You should at least have, you know, a, a, a high measurement of yourself and the impact you make. And if you don't have one, then you should be working on making the adjustments so that you do. I mean, shit, what, what, what are you doing <laughs> if you're Absolutely. not doing that? Man, I love to see people win. And that's another thing that I've discovered over the years. I love to see other people win because in my mind, I'm always going to win regardless because I don't see wins and losses like everyone may see them. I see wins and lessons. You know, there's still W's and L's, but the L's are lessons rather than losses. Right. Um, but I'm always set out to win. That's just how I'm built. And that energy can be misinterpreted, and it's been misinterpreted uh, in my life, all my life. That's why Dan's friends didn't like me, because they thought I was an arrogant prick. And still to this day, I know I rub some people wrong. Like, if you don't talk to me and you just see how I move, you're going to look at me and be like, this fucking guy. Like, he, <laughs> what the fuck? But. If you sit and talk to me, you'll see I want you to be better than me at exactly the same thing. You know, uh, find find what you do. I mean, I don't want you to be like me, but I want you to move just like this, but even better. You know what I mean? Find what you do and be the best at it. But again, just like you said, be the best at the best you can be, not in relation to anyone else. Because I don't give a fuck about other photographers and all that in, in terms of being better than them or whatever, because I do what I do. They do what they do. Right. And that's, that's the good thing about art and creativity is there's technical shit that you can learn from people. And, and then technical shit doesn't belong to nobody. Like, you know, what type of lens or camera somebody uses or techniques they might use to get certain effects. That doesn't really belong to anybody. Lighting effects or the same thing with, with any other type of art. You know, watercolor don't belong to nobody. And the difference is when you're trying to do other shit 
that people are already doing and you're trying to do exactly what they're doing or, ca or capitalize on something that makes them unique, you're always going to be behind. Some people are built for that. Some people are really good at just copying or seeing a trend coming and jumping on a trend and monetizing it and making some money. Then they jump on the next thing. Like some people are just, they have awareness like that and they're really good at it. But I think you have a, a better chance at just being uniquely authentically doing exactly what you want to do and being you like nobody's going to take the same picture. You could put 10 photographers in front of the same target or in the same area. They won't take nobody. You can't take exactly the same picture unless you instructed them to. If you just let everybody do what they do, they'll all hover around until they find their spot and they find their shot and they'll frame everything the way that they naturally frame it. But uh, if you chase another people and trying to, have competitions with people who are not even in agreement to be in competition with you. That's kind of psychotic. I agree. That's some and crazy shit. Because <laughs> you got to agree to be in competition. There's, there, there is no competition unless you actually engage with the other person and, and decide that this is what's happening. Everything else is just in your brain. Like, I got to outdo this other guy who's doing the same thing as me. So all you got to do is do exactly what you do, and you'll find the people who resonate with that shit. The other person won't even exist to them if you're the one that resonates with the thing that they want to connect with. So where's competition? Fuck that. Agreed. Somebody asked me recently, um, why don't you use a watermark? I said, because my work is the watermark. The work itself is the watermark. You could take a thousand photos and throw them on the ground, just randomly, like smash them on the ground. They spread out. And I can pick my work out every time because it speaks for itself. I don't, I don't need a watermark. And, and I encourage other artists to embrace that too. Like love your work, do what you do, become the best at it. And, and that's it. You know, you can inspire people a lot more when, when you embrace that type of mentality. Oh, yeah, for real, for real. I dig that shit. So uh, I, I realize I'm also going to have to, I'm going to go back through this episode and I'm going to get one of those computer voices that you can type in a word and make them say it. And I'm going to get it to say pinky. And I'm going to edit out <laughs> all the times that he used a different name. And I'm going to put pinky over him. It's going to sound hilarious and obnoxious at the same time. That's going to be dope. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we, we should have told you we, we the, the need for aliases. Yeah, everybody gets an alias on the show. Um, I don't know if you want one or if you need one. We can definitely come up with something, you know what I'm saying? Or if you want to just tell them exactly where to find you and how to, what your <laughs> website is, say, fuck it, bro. Hey, just, we, just give me one. It's all good. Yeah, we ain't hiding. Like I said, we, we make an escape pod money, and y'all just going to have to deal with it. We're uncancelable. They're not going to take my PayPal. All of my investments are tied up in cryptocurrency. So government will get what I get when I give it to them. <laughs> get what they get when I give it to them. <laughs> but okay, so same question, yo, uh, to you, Pinky. What do you think from then to now? What would you think is the single uh, most positive piece of evolution that you've made, personally? Um, I, I would definitely say caring more about other people's opinions, and, mm -hmm. and not. I don't want not opinions, feelings, being more considerate of other people's feelings and opinions. 
Right. Um, I definitely um, uh, did some wild, boastful, over the top. You know, I, you know, like um, my my life has been performance art, like unintentionally, un unintentionally. Just just situations would come up. I would handle them in a real over the top way, and it would seem like okay, maybe this guy is just um, doing this like for attention or he's just trying to be provocative. And I just, it's just radical honesty. Like it's really, if this is what I think about something or this is what I feel about it, whether you solicited my opinion or not, I'm going to give you my analysis. And just as you've gotten old, as I've gotten older, just realizing like, um, one, everybody doesn't and shouldn't give a fuck about what you think. So your opinion isn't as important um, to others as it is to you. And what's really the value of sharing it in that situation or in that context? Like you're going to piss somebody off or hurt somebody's feelings off. Like, I definitely think like there's moments to stand up for what's right and what's true. And regardless of how it affects you, right. Um, you should be willing to take the consequences. I think that's, you're not really a man if you can't do that, or if you're not willing to do that. Like, there should be some threshold. Like, if this line is crossed and this is what's on the line, like, I'll just take whatever consequences that come with it. But I can't I can't go with you down this... I can't be agreeable in this situation. Um, but um, I definitely... I'm definitely more... Just more sensitive now. You know, like, I feel bad if I hurt somebody's feelings. I feel I feel bad if... I'm so married to an idea and I want to explore it or I want to make a point if I make it in a way that's that's why I try to really just stay in the realm of of the abstract and talk about ideas like this fucking idea is stupid this movement is stupid this this cultural phenomenon is stupid rather than just like okay you did that you're a piece of shit I hate you you know what I'm saying and, and I think my vehement defense of Bill Cosby is a testament to that. <laughs> I can I could find the good in anybody. He rapes and he saves. He saves more than he rapes. It you know is it I I I think um one thing that is still kind of in transit um but I feel like I'm getting better at um is I tend to evangelize everybody with the most recent profound shit I read. Like, okay, I get it. You looked into sigil magic. Okay, I get it. Okay, cool. You read about, you read, a, okay, you, 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 you've read the 10 point program of the Black Panthers and, and how it's going to work to help save the Black community. I get it. I get it. Okay, you're really into the Bible now. Okay, cool. Okay, you've been listening to Alex Jones. You, you know about the, the transcendent masters and, and how they're coming back and ha enacting this plan. And, and okay, cool. Um, so you know that may not be the absolute truth, right? No, bro, you don't understand. I got to tell you about it. I got to <laughs> change your mind. And the most recent shit was like seeing, because you touched on it a little bit, Soul P, where you were talking about um, you being intolerant. Um, and I kind of had that curmudgeonness too of like looking at the younger generation, like what are you guys going through? You know, like this, some of these, and, and, and I don't like the, the idea that because it feels very authoritarian and like you have to agree with us. If you don't agree with us, we're going to disappear you. You know, everybody must say and think the same thing. And when you create an environment where people disagree, but they they're too terrified to vocalize that they disagree. Well, that's that's not winning an argument. 
I mean, it's like winning an argument with your girl. You know, like there's there's certain times where it's like, okay, you didn't change my mind. You didn't present any facts that undermine my argument. You just demonstrated that there's enough threats of problems that will be in the house if I don't go along with this, <laughs> that I'm just going to go along with it. But that's right. not really winning the argument. And that's what we've done. Like we've catered to the egos of this generation and their sensitivities to the point that it's not just that they're incapable of existing in a world where people disagree with them, but that they're actively finding ways to eliminate. They're aggressively searching out for ways to eliminate the people that disagree with them. And that's where I feel like, nope, that's a line too far. I can't go with you. I can appreciate your shitty music. I can appreciate that you guys are a lot less, you know, uh, racist and homophobic and all of that, you know, and you're, you know, because even in some of the things, like when you say, you know, this generation is soft. And we've talked about this on this podcast before. You know, a lot of the shit that we were holding on to, it's like, yeah, it's pretty much getting people killed senselessly. Like, oh, the skinny jeans. Fuck the skinny. You need to wear baggy jeans so you can hide your gun so you can murder somebody over some dumb shit, some <laughs> stupid fucking ego shit. Like, yeah, what? why are we, why are we like, no, this can't evolve. This can't change. And then, and then I kind of came to the conclusion, like, yeah, a lot of this shit that we're defending as this isn't soft. The hard shit is really fucking ignorant and destructive. So I kind of embrace the fact that I like that this new generation has thrown a lot of that shit out. That, you know, I guess I guess whining to one another about your feelings online is better than finding somebody when they come out the club. You know, and, and you know that that's better. If that's the direction that the world is going, you know, I hope more people embrace that and just talk about their emotions on Clubhouse rather than doing physically physical harm to one another. But I definitely have a bad habit of when I connect with an idea, and like I said, the most recent one was there's this authoritarian push to really science, silence dissent, and that can go a lot of scary places. And we're not really talking about solutions anymore when we're talking about um, empowering the black community or race relations or how women are treated you know, these enlightened conversations about progress that, that we were having 20 years ago, that's not the conversation that people are having right now. It's it's dressed up to look like that conversation. They're borrowing a lot of the rhetoric and amplifying it. But, but there's been too many instances where I've seen the hypocrisy like, oh, you motherfuckers don't care about a solution at all. Like, you could care less about a solution. Dr. Umar puts on a dashiki and threatens to beat people the fuck up and says, hey, we need to do something about schools. Yo, he's super duper black. Don't marry a white chick. You can't do it or you're a traitor. And it's like, okay, that's authentic blackness. You know, and then Kanye goes to the White House with Jim Brown and is like, look, we're not reaching, you know, black kids in the hood. This this curriculum isn't effective at meeting their at meeting the needs of this community. The exact same thing is to do with the dashiki. Oh, that's some coon shit. That's some coon shit. I'm like, wait a minute. If if we have access to the levers of power to help a fucked up situation that we all agree is fucked up, and there's something that's effectual that has the opportunity to get money behind it and actually get implemented and affect change. And we have enough case studies when you look at a lot of charter schools in Harlem 
And we can say, hey, they're, they're getting better results by having a different approach to education for kids that are in this fucked up situation. And you say, nah, we're not going to do it. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't like the vector from which it's coming to solve the problem. So fuck it. We would rather just have shit fucked up. Okay, well, fuck you. You don't care. So I'm not, I don't need to be concerned about your opinion anymore. So a, 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 lot of, a lot of just the crazy rhetoric that's out now, um, you know, when I saw the shit emerging slowly but surely, I, I went right back to my fucking evangelistic instincts. Hey, guys, I noticed some shit that's going on. So this is all I'm going to talk about to anybody that will listen. And I have to go around and tell as many people as possible because I've come to terms with this. Okay, cool. It, fucking keep it to yourself. It, maybe other people have come to terms with it too. And, and maybe other people are going to need some more time to get on. Why do you feel that it's your need? So I'm trying to get better about that. You know, just because something's profound and sticking out to me, you know, I, I well, and maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I need to channel it in a way where I, maybe I can monetize it and and refine it so that it's useful, yeah. more useful yeah. to the people around me. There you go. See, that sounds like it needs to be a segment for the show. And whatever you're reading, whatever this stuff is that you're gonna evangelize <laughs> about, make this useful. Yeah, you, did, you open this social is the, media this account is the and piss everybody off. Yeah. This is the pulpit right here. This is exactly where it's supposed to be done at. For now, this is the town square. This is the fire pit that we gather around to tell, to talk our shit and tell our stories. So. This is the perfect place to do it. Well, one more, one more thing, real quick, and I know I, I hogged the floor for quite some time. Um, the, as far as like, there was every everybody within our circles. There's there's very little genuine beef. You know, there's some people that tolerate me more than others, but it's not like when when you see me, we're gonna be fighting, right? And it, and it, it, everybody pretty much in all of our circles, like we're all cool, you know. And there was never any animosity, like you know, fuck soul, fuck that dude. It was never like that. Right, it yeah. was like, yo, he's on some other shit. And the reason why I was more tolerant of it um, is because I, I, you know, I know you better than uh, a lot of other people. You know, we don't come from money. We don't come from privileged existences. You know what I'm saying? And um, I know, too, like you had touched on it a little bit with Eddie. Like, I remember that, you know, he would, and he's a good dude. I'm not trying to, anything disparaging. But you never know how you affect kids and your intention to provide something like, hey, I'm going to toughen you up. You never know to what degree that your intent to toughen somebody up actually like maybe traumatizes them. So I always kind of interpret it as a lot of your braggadocious shit and over the top uh, megalomania. A lot of it had to do with like, you know, um, being young and trying to get a sense of yourself. If you're in an environment or a situation or there's people around that are making you feel like you're not shit, you know, or you don't have as, you know, as nice stuff, so you ain't shit, there, there is that, that reaction to be like, well, I need to assert why I am the shit. And arguably, sometimes, um, if you don't have that, you, you could drown in that self-doubt. And sometimes, like, to maintain your sense of self and to make sure, you know, that you don't succumb to those that negativity that some people some people fall in those pitfalls of somebody telling them they're not shit that they believe that their whole lives and they go to prison and they never amount to shit because like well i'm not shit so this is what i'm supposed to be doing and so sometimes as fucking as abrasive and as, as annoying as that self-assertion can be 
you know, you, you never know. You, you might have been one of those cases where if you didn't do that, um, or, or, or your situation could have been way worse. And maybe even by doing that at that stage in your life, that's ended. that ended up being what saved you. So you didn't go down a path of being, you know, defeated and, and not having a sense of self and confidence. You well, know, so I, I think I, you know, thinking back, I, I was immune to that because I he, all he did by doing that. And I'm so thankful that he did that because um, it made me a winner. Like my winning attitude is is a direct it, it comes directly from that. Because this motherfucker expected perfection in a way, I guess, um, like something that unreal, you know what I mean? Right. Like unreal. not yeah. not perfection, like you better win, not that type, not that kind of dad. Excellence, yeah. But I always can do better, no matter what. It didn't matter what it was. I could I could be playing baseball. Um, and and you probably remember me playing sports, you know, and when I played, I could be better than everyone on the field. He'd find a way to be like, well, you were you were better because they're a bunch of fucking kids. Yeah, well, I'm a kid. They're my age, you know. Yeah, but they don't look like they belong in the field with you. Yeah, that's not my fucking fault. You know what I mean? But I was immune to like he couldn't knock me down. I was immune to it. Um but I'm thankful that it that he had that attitude because I think kind of the opposite of what you said. If I didn't do that, uh, if or if I didn't feel that way about myself, I would have probably led myself to self-destruction. Not so much him, but me. No, no, and I didn't mean it like that. Like he was. No, I know you didn't. I know you didn't. I, I was just saying from my perspective. Like I think if I didn't have that self-confidence which my family hated that about me they hated the fact because they didn't understand it because nobody none of them were were that way so they didn't understand that where that came from or but i just always believed in myself i always believed i could do anything and as crazy as that sounds you know because nobody can do anything i wasn't afraid and i'm still not to this day afraid to, to try or do anything um, when it comes to accomplishing things. Well, listen, like, that, I love that, got, that got Kanye $6 billion. So it's a tried and true uh, belief system. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, I, 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 I suspect that I, I, I know what yours is, but I don't want to deprive you of the, uh, the, uh, the opportunity. Oh, what? Well, oh, my. Um, actually, I think I'd have to say, without thinking about it too much, probably just like deliberate gratitude. Like, uh, once we started d- deciding to really put in some work, like some real self work, because well, I think with a lot of people, not just us, but with a lot of people, you get to this point where life is just like autopilot for a while. You're not really doing anything. You're working. You're paying bills. You're fucking watching TV, and shit's just going. Years are just going by, and shit wasn't feeling right for a while. I was starting to get into a place where I couldn't figure out what was gonna work for us. Where did we want to go with? Like you just no direction, and it didn't feel right. And we got into 
commit committing to doing some work like daily meditation and reading some different types of books and shit like that. And this concept of gratitude is showing itself from self-help books to alchemy type things is giving itself to some quantum physics and a whole bunch of different things that I'm reading are all pointing towards this concept of uh, gratitude effectually being able to hack the matrix, so to speak. And I know how that sounds. I know I know it's the woo-woo shit that people be complaining. Like, I get it. I totally get it. That's how it sounds. But if I, you know, if I really had to lay out the scaffolding of this shit, it, it kind of fits into a lot of different areas that are uh, respected and real science and, you know, long time tested spiritual systems and everything, all of that. So once we accepted that this idea could be a possibility and I started shifting the perspective of just life expectations and things instead of being like, you know, looking and seeing how far we have to go, just shift the perspective to appreciating how far we've already come. You know, just it's, it's you know, it's a small shift in how you look at things, but when you choose to do that deliberately, it, it kind of seemed to start to make some impact in our lives. And it was funny at first. It's like, this, what's going on? It's, it can't be this simple. It can't be this easy. But the point is you get this easy work at the beginning because it's fun and it's a cool experiment. But then eventually you start to do more work. You meditate and longer. You read in more books about shadow work and shit like that. And if you're mining and you're really trying to get to the bottom of it, and unravel shit that might be holding you back mentally, spiritually, however. And eventually you get to some shit that's like bedrock. It's like you start hitting some stone. You start uncovering shit that you told yourself wasn't an issue. Shit that you thought you buried. And like all of this shit that, especially people from our type of communities, our era, the whole hip hop, the whole, that, that whole shit, especially people like, we don't have no fucking respect for mental health and therapy. And fucking, <laughs> <laughs> that's pussy shit. We don't got no time for that. And like this, and if you keep it real, just on a human level, that's super uh, counterproductive for your existence as a human on this planet with everything we all got to deal with, with all the shit that we don't unpack, we just shove in our fucking closets and under our beds. It's, it's not, it's not cool. It's not cool. You just, like I said, you get to a spot where you realize like, Oh, maybe I do have some, some shit that I really need to pay some attention to and transform. And when I saw it, you know, I saw it as work. I respect the process. I've seen enough evidence in my own life to, just cement the idea that we have way more control over our experience and our reality than we give ourselves credit for. And a lot of it has to do with your, your outlook, how you choose to be in the world, just how you choose to be. Whether you're a person who walks around like, you know, fuck you, don't bother me. Who are these assholes around me in Walmart? Like there's people like that. Or if you just purposely trying to radiate love and good vibes. And I hope everybody standing near me has a positive experience today. Like, you don't have to tell them that, but if that's your mindset, that's how you move in the world, I feel like shit just changes. You magnetize yourself for dope experiences and dope opportunities, and your awareness goes up. You see ways that you can capitalize on shit that you're doing, whatever it is you're doing. You're trying to start a business. Like, however you're moving in the world, the ideas come to you. The words, things just happen when you align yourself a certain way. And 
that's the evidence that I have for myself. I don't really wait. I can't waste a lot of time trying to convince other people how important it is. I figure the best thing I could do is lead by example and just be dope in the world and just be rewarded for being dope in the world. And if people see that and I tell them what I attributed to, hopefully they'll try to do the same shit and get similar results. But I'm definitely not uh, debating with nobody. I'm not preaching to nobody about this shit. That's why I stay off. I, you know, I'm on social media, but I'm using it for business and I'm talking to people I genuinely want to talk to about cool shit and art and music or whatever, or my plants that I'm putting in the ground and shit like that, my garden. But I don't, I don't really have time for the, the tug of war shit, you know, because yeah. I'm just genuinely enjoying my experience right now. And I just don't give a fuck about nothing. That's not helping me continue that experience. If you're not helping me enjoy this shit more, I don't really care. Yeah, and that's and, and- the best decision I've made for the entire time I've been alive. <laughs> and, and, and and but being in that mind state too, like it demonetizes a lot of um financial opportunities that are out there for people. Like if if more and more people adopted that mind state and it's like, well listen, I'm you're you're keeping me entrenched indefinitely in the outward and everything that's going on and all the chaos of, of that. The the moment I tune that out and I'm just getting content with the inward, and that's where I'm going to get my fulfillment and my perspective. I, I, because I, I see that in my experience as well. You get less and less interested. All of the other things that are put out there to kind of trigger you and get you involved and to get you to care on one team or the other, that passion for that goes away. Those, those things just become less interesting. You know, it's like, why am I going to go out and argue with people about? what the right way to live is or the right way to think or for this particular situation, what the right or wrong of it is. If I'm investing that time inwardly and pursuing that, like I don't have the time or the drive to delve into that conversation because the results of what I'm getting in terms of fulfillment in my own life and being useful to the people around me in my own life because I'm growing as a person, that's infinitely more valuable than any result I've gotten at arguing with, with strangers in the fucking public sphere. It's it's silly. Even if you're right, even even if you're undeniably, you know, 1,000% correct in your assertion, where's the value in engaging with the person if they're in a place where they're not even going to be receptive to truth? They're never going to be able to process the truth that you're giving them. They're just not there yet. Something needs to change within them before they're even going to be able to to, to be at phase one, to be open, to just begin perusing what you're selling, what the fuck, what is the end result of that tug of war engagement? You know, so I think if, I think you're a thousand percent right. When you're on the right path and you're investing the energy as you should, all of those things become less valuable. And if those things become less valuable, a lot of revenue models for pundits and people on social media that make a living with this shit, those revenue models collapse. Yeah. Like w- without a starving, salivating public in desperate need of outrage and, and triggering, you know, those those industries dry up. Yeah, as long as people are showing up to hear photographers fight, then <laughs> it's just going to be what it is. And it, There's this never goes back... been a clubhouse room more crowded. Right. This goes back to exactly what he was saying, because when people don't uh, like the, the tolerance thing, 
because we don't understand a lot of times other people's perspective, right? And the perspective decides what's true in the moment. For that person, something completely different could be absolutely true to that person about their perspective on politics or their taste in music or anything like that because you can't really tell how this shit affects people. Everything in their brain chemistry from the time they were born up until this moment has primed what relationship they're going to have with this media or whatever it is. So there's really nothing you can say to change a person. Like, okay, so if you have a cylinder, right? If you have a solid cylinder, if you shine a light on it from the top down, the shadow makes a circle. But if you shine a light against the broad side of it, it, the shadow makes a rectangle. So a person looking from one direction sees a shadow cast of a rectangle, and a person looking from the other direction sees a shadow cast of a circle. Both of those things are true at the same time. The truth is, the absolute truth is those people coming to an understanding that is two different light sources and there's a cylinder in the middle. That's totally, and that's not what people on social media are trying to figure out. <laughs> they just want to argue while they point at the shadows on the wall. Right. No, nobody wants to even consider the possibility that there's something else going on. And maybe if we get together and and pull our information together and look at it without all this malice and anger and shit, that's not even the fucking goal of any of that shit. Well, I won't say any. Maybe 98% of it is just about pointing at the wall, screaming about the shadows. There could be 2% of people on social media failing at trying to show people <laughs> a different perspective of, of how to talk about shit. And that's even... Just and, to make it more humbling than that is the realization that there's certain things where the shape itself is unknowable. Right. You know, there, there, there isn't even the instrumentation to go out and figure out what that shape is. And we're always, because of our culture upbringing are always going to frame our understanding based on those shadows. And we have no way to fit. So just to come to the perspective to understand, like, hey, I, I need to recognize that I am seeing it from this angle. And it's probably going to be impossible for me to even get at figuring out what that is. And I just need to understand that the person is on this other side. But it's like, OK, well, we're arguing about what shape the shadow is. It's like, but we do agree that we want X, Y and Z to happen. So if we agree we want X, Y and Z to happen, this is what we can do to make X, Y and Z happen. The the argument about the fucking cylinder shape just becomes moot. It it becomes irrelevant. Because my shadow told me that men shouldn't wear dresses. Right. Ever. So that that so no matter what else you're talking about, this is where the conversation completely ends. My shadow told me while I was sleeping that men shouldn't wear dresses. So we can't help you. We we have to let you starve to death now. Right. So while I agree with this program <laughs> that you're putting up for free breakfast. To underprivileged children <laughs> I get in, it. in chaotic neighborhoods. I will not be able to donate it to you because somebody, there's a man wearing a dress that's involved with it. So yeah, he was, no he was unloading the truck. He was unloading the truck. He touched some of the boxes. I can't. I cannot feed these children with that food. <laughs> right. And then it's just because, like, well, wait a minute. Aren't these like two totally different things? I don't no. understand why we have to, we have to tie these things at the hip. No. Somebody told me in, in all seriousness that, uh, how do you put it? He said, if, a, if another man, if a guy wears a dress, right? And this is not transphobic. I'm not saying a person who's trans, who's say, a woman wearing a dress, no, like a dude, like a basketball player, a dude decides to wear a dress. He's seen in the airport just hanging out with a dress on. 
that we're talking reflects, about Russell Westbrook, right? right? Russell Westbrook, okay. famous basketball. This is a dude right. wearing a dress, right? He says that reflects poorly on him. This guy who's talking to me, who's not a basketball player, it, it reflect it reflects poorly on him as a man because another man's wearing a dress. We're talking about Boosie. No, this is a this is a person. Oh, this is just somebody. Okay, okay. This that is a I had a personal talking. conversation with. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm asking him what the problem was because he was complaining about Russell Westbrook wearing a dress, and I just was legitimately like, "What? Why? Why though? Why are you upset about it?" He said it reflects poorly on me as a man. Men don't do that. So, so I said, "How does it reflect poorly on you though, directly as a man?" Because if people see him wearing a dress, they think men wear dresses. I said, he's a man wearing a dress, so men wear dresses. The equation solves itself in the equation. You just, it, it already solved itself. I'm getting trap flashbacks. Right. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> this is a recent conversation I had. I just, I didn't understand it at all. But that's just, that goes back to this other thing about perspective. There's really people who are fighting and pushing against this idea that other people shouldn't express themselves in specific ways. Like this is, this is how far we've gone to looking for problems to have. These people well, should be able to do this on, and of their own free will. I, and I've never, um, I, I don't want any praise for Einstein any more than I wanna own the failures of, of Epstein and Weinstein. Right. It's just one. So, I I I don't. I understand that it's something that exists and it's real and 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 there's a good chunk of the population that embraces that. Of like, well, this reflect. I belong to this group. Therefore, if this happens to this person, it's like it happened to me. If it reflects poorly on this person, then it happens. And people can do it with race. People can do it with gender. People can do it with with nationality. Um. And maybe it's just how you're wired or what your perspective is, but I know I'm definitely in the perspective of I don't want to answer for nobody but myself. If that dude's wearing a dress, I don't. Okay, we have the same gender. <laughs> it still doesn't matter. Maybe I don't possibly. see that as a reflection on me. Yeah, I, I'm not going to assume his gender. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> no, well, no, but but I mean, we're saying we're, we're arguing about a man in a dress, right? Because I'm I'm trying to understand the perspective of. And it looks bad on him, right? So I'm putting myself in those shoes, and I and it's just hard for me to make that connection. Like if a dude wears a dress, I'm a dude like he's a dude. I'm still an individual. Like that's not because this dude's a Jew, like I'm a Jew, or this dude's a dude, like I'm a dude, or this dude is translucent, like I'm translucent. Therefore, there's all these other or there's all these implied overlaps, you know, because that. Right, <laughs> because that dude touches kids. Now I'm gonna be accused of touching kids. Or if that dude has some girls tied up in his basement, I probably got girls tied up in my basement. I just don't say. I just it's always on the individual. No, it's that guy. That guy is fucked up. Define that man. guy is doing. Define this. man. Define it. Exactly. It, it, yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, I would just say if we're talking literary. Is is the term for humankind? It's the default setting for humans. If we're talking about in this instance, it's if you got a purple-headed warrior between your legs, then that make then you're a man. male. That's all I said. An adult male human right. being, and also 
it, it can also be extended to a person of either sex, like when it says goodwill to all men or mankind. That's right. everybody. So man is just an adult human being or just a human being in general. But we're playing this rhetorical game where people pretend that they don't know the intended meaning. Right. And then they come up with all this crafty language to tell you why you're an asshole because you're not using language properly. And and that's where all this, because there's, there's actually two things that came up recently. I don't know if you were, uh, either one of you were were hip to these or aware of them. I'm sure the Dave Chappelle was one, one of them. Like, there's a whole bunch of Netflix employees talking about they're going to, uh, you know, abandon ship because his last special was just so hateful. Like, he's just such a hateful person. And um, another one was um, this dude that got arrested because he got upset at a school board meeting because his daughter was uh, raped in, in the bathroom, like, uh, by a transgender person who was a dude wearing a dress that went into the bathroom. Have you, did you hear about both of those, I'm assuming? No? I've, I've heard the Dave Chappelle stuff. I, was, uh, I watched the special. I did a whole bunch of... You know, a looking LSD. into that direction. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that too. But uh, and also the walkout. I think the, they found a person who. The last thing I saw was they found a person who staged the walkout and fired him. Right. Yep. Right. So I, I get it. This is what's happening. It's real shit, right? Well, I uh, there's there's two things in there that are both true and they both validate both sides of the argument, but I don't think it makes either one right. Like, um. Because the argument from one extreme of it is, you know, if you let people wear dresses, it's just an excuse to to get in the bathroom and rape, you know. And and and, and I would say that the number of people who just go in there and piss and leave, I mean, I don't even know the orders of magnitude are way bigger than the ones that rape, right? But at the same time, like, the fact that they're suppressing this dude and what he's saying is true. Like, and it was fucked up because they gave out the details, like mouth raped and ass raped. Like they went into the details of exactly what the dude did and he didn't get in trouble. He went to another school and he ended up getting sexual assault for the other thing. Luden County, you can look it up. And it was been making this rounds on the internet because the dad got upset. I mean, for most dads, you're not even talking. You're just showing up and you're firing. So this guy at least had the decency to not come with a gun and try to talk it out. And not only did they shut him down, it came out that they were actively trying to suppress these incidents because they don't want, because it's like, oh, it's going to reflect bad on everybody. So right. we're just pretending that it didn't happen. Like, that's fucked up because not only did you create an opportunity for this person, and again, just same thing. I'm not answering for Epstein. If you are have a, a penis and you wear a dress, you don't have to answer for everybody that sodomizes people in bathrooms. Like that that doesn't reflect on you. You didn't do it. It it just so happens that you're identifying with a group and one of the members of the group did that. Right. But everybody doesn't have to answer for their group. But the fact that they're rallying around to like suppress it like it didn't happen, like that's super duper fucked up. Like, and all of these news outlets ran the story like this guy was an asshole. Like that's how they pitched the story. A transphobic dad came to complain about transphobic children. That's how they framed the story. When the reality was, um, he was coming because the school board was saying we're not having any incidences of like any sexual violence in the bathroom. 
And he's like, dude, my daughter was raped two weeks ago. No, that never happened. Get the fuck out. You know, not acknowledging that reality wow. and suppressing that truth while simultaneously Dave Chappelle comes out. He addresses the whole trans transgender thing. And and what I thought, I mean, you may think differently. I thought it was as fucking as mild as could possibly be. Like, I'm listening for, okay, so where where's the part where he just fucking hates transgender people? Right. Like, he, he tells the story about befriending a transgender person. It was like, yo, your, your joke sucked, you know? But then I heard you when you were comfortable and you were really, really funny. And when you gave tried to give me a hug, I was like, ugh, don't touch me, which is clearly a joke. Like, he <laughs> set that joke up by saying all these warm, enduring interactions that he had with this person. And then when... He, she goes to hug him he's like uh you know it's right it's you know like i it's one of those things it's like are you just trying to pretend that you don't understand how jokes work like and not only that like this this dude isn't rallying the troops like let's get the trans the trans people into the the box carts and let's get them to the ovens like he's not a political he's a comedian he's telling jokes and he's giving his perspective but you're just like, no, you have to agree that these kinds of jokes are completely off limits. You have to surrender your opinion. Like, so the common theme in that is like, you're trying to control the narrative to such an extent that now Dave Chappelle is a piece of shit and he's a transphobe. Like you, you're demanding conformity from him and you're demanding conformity from a dad whose daughter was just raped. Like no, he has to he has to stick to the narrative too. That's the problem that people have with it. It's not that you wear a dress and you have a penis, so I hate you. That that shit is just stupid to me. And that's I understand why, this. Yeah. That's why my solution is fucking let's fight then. <laughs> if, if you, listen, if you don't like it and you want to cancel it, I will I will lay down all my beliefs and everything. Let's fight. You beat me up. You beat me up. Listen, I'll I'll fucking I'll cancel it myself. Um so so I don't know how this is going to be taken or whatnot, but I had a an experience with a tran transgender, more than one. Um but I don't like the convenience thing with them. And I think Dave Chappelle even mentioned that. Like you know, you're you're conveniently white when when shit hits the fan or whatever, but um, so my for those who know or whatever, my daughter's mother passed away with cancer, and um, the the day she did, my daughter called me, and obviously was distraught. Her mother passed away, yeah. so I'm consoling her over the phone, and I live in you know an hour away. So I'm like, well, I'm going to come over there so I can be with you, but I don't know where you're at right now. I need to, you know, you need to let me know when it's going to be convenient for you. I want to do it around you. And there's a motherfucker in the background talking. And I don't remember the person's name or alias or whatever. So let's just call him Marcus. And this motherfucker is giving advice when I should come, this, that, the other. And I'm like, who the fuck is this person? Like, Who's talking right now? Like, what the fuck's going on? 
And she goes, yeah, it's so-and-so. This is my cousin's boyfriend. I'm like, well, tell that motherfucker to shut up because I don't know this person. They're not your family. I, I know your whole family. So I, if they're not your family, then they need to shut the fuck up. They, they have no input, you know? Um, so the whole, my whole ride to, to my daughter's, I'm thinking about this shit. I'm like, I'm going to approach this motherfucker. I'm not going to do anything because this is, you know, the timing would be terrible. But I'm going to approach them and, and give them a piece of my mind. Well, I get there and find out it's a female or whatever. Um, yeah, they were transgender. So then I'm, I'm in this position like, fuck, I can't do that because all that's going to happen is if they have all the power, right? So if I, if I approach them the wrong way or if they get violent with me or whatever, I'm in a position – I'm powerless because if I do anything, then it's like you hit a girl. You know what I mean? So it was just, it's the convenience thing I have an issue with. I don't give a shit what your preference is. Um, and, and I'm going to lead this into another story that kind of spurned off of that clubhouse thing. Like right after that beef, um, there was a, a discussion I want to get you guys input on. But um, I just don't like that, you know, okay. You identify as a male. That's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Anyone's entitled to be whatever they want to be, even if science says different. Um, that's fine. But if you're a man and you run into some real man shit or what we would consider real man shit, then you need to be a man. You can't just turn that shit off. Like, oh, well, no, now I'm a female. So... It was very uncomfortable. Uh, the other uncomfortable situation was at a bar many, many years ago, and I was approached. Somebody was talking to me about, you know, what the club night was. or They weren't from there. And then I was approached, like, you're talking to my girl. And I'm like, no, I, I have no interest. They were asking me a question. Well, I'll slap the shit out of you. Okay. You know, just know what you're getting into. You know, but again... It was one of these situations like how do you react to that? Because if if you strike them back, now you are hitting a female or whatever. They can turn that shit off, whereas I can't turn anything on or off. Um, so I'd like to get you guys' thoughts on that. Um, am I am I crazy or or what? Because same thing like uh, transgender male athlete male. That's a transgender female competing in combat sports with females. Is that well, should that be accepted? I can I can tell you that one of us is perfectly okay with you punching the shit out of her if she puts hands on you. I'm not going to tell you which one, but one of us feels that way. <laughs> uh, as far as the the problem with the culture right now is victimhood is a currency. And really, I think the virtue is in overcoming. Like, and, and, and even when you, if you just want to keep it like in the history of like American black excellence, like the heroes, the heroes that uh, the left latches onto a lot as being like heroes for cultural prog progress. Um, the, 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 the value in them and the reason why they're idolized and remembered 
isn't because they were victims. It was because of their accomplishments. But we've kind of gotten to a place now where something's bad, I'm a victim, and therefore this gives me some sort of heightened level of importance and notoriety in society. My opinion counts a little bit more. I have to be catered to a little bit more. And it's not, it's not any kind of achievement. It's not that you overcame adversity or you had a shittier starting point and then you did something. No, it's, it's just like this wallowing in the victimness by itself. And that in and of itself has like a kind of currency. So it's a situation where I agree with you. I have traditional instincts when it comes to men and women. Like, I, I really don't like physical violence at all. Whatever, whatever I could do to get out of it, I, I would prefer to get out of it. I would rather bitch up and not have to be involved in it. But if I absolutely had to have a physical altercation, you know, it, it, I, it would be with a guy rather than a girl. You know, I would, I would defer and give that, um, you know, you're a girl, you're smaller than me. You're, I mean, even if it was a dude that was really tiny. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean that in the. <laughs> you know, I, I agree. I completely agree. Small men or women. Yes, yeah, small men or women. <laughs> if you're, it, you know, if I'm a bigger dude and I outweigh you by like 120 pounds, you know, like I wouldn't have put the bagel boss in a yoke. I would have let that dude just talk his shit. I wouldn't have ran. I would have felt bad doing any kind of violence to him. And also, it'd be like, you know, like. If this is the way you're behaving, there's other things going on with you that's like sad. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't need to. So there's just certain things that pop up when you're in a physical altercation where you feel like certain people are off limits. And I do think people are smart enough in this culture that they exploit it. Like, look, when, when Hotep Jesus went and got his reparations coffee from Starbucks, like he was pointing out like. You fucking Beckys will do whatever the fuck. I could just bring this to you and you're going to fall over yourself to make sure I get a free coffee because you're so terrified. Like he's pointing out that exploit, that cheat code, that hack, you know, that's in culture right now. That if you're a perceived victim, right, I mean, which is already insulting for, for uh, some people. But um, but if you fit that, then you're protected. And so not only is she a girl, but she's a trans man. And these are like hot button victims. Like it's the hottest victims on the streets right now, B. So yeah, you're in a position where you don't get out of that without a fucking headline risk. You know what I mean? Like the moment you beat up um, uh, Reginald, you're a fucking piece of shit that's going to be all over the news. And not only did you not punch Marcus because... He was just being a loud, obnoxious asshole, and then he got physically confrontational with you when you called him out. No, 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 no. You're a transphobe. You're, you're the, doing the equivalent of gay bashing. Like, you fucked up Marcus just because he was trans, and you're a transphobic piece of shit. Like, none of the behavior leading up to the uh, interaction or the altercation is going to have anything to do with the outcome. That's how it's going to be streamlined. And I do think people are smart enough to be conscious of that, like what the optics are going to be. Like, like, bitch, I dare you. I dare you to punch me in my man haircut. I fucking triple dog dare you. You won't do it. 
because you know it's going to be a bad look for you. And you no matter what I do leading up to this incident, you're going to come out as the bad guy. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how I felt. You know, and I I, I didn't want to be violent or anything like that, but I, I had to consider all that shit. Like, I can't approach this motherfucker because it has that potential, you know. Um, it, it definitely has that potential. And I know me. So this is another thing I'm trying to work on getting away from, like not doing things because I know me. That kind of ties into that intolerance. Like, well, I'm going to avoid this situation because I know how I'll react. So I need to work on my reactions. You know what I mean? Like where I don't even have to consider that because I know I'm not going to even think about any of that. Um, so that that leads me to the clubhouse thing. So after these motherfuckers finally stopped um, arguing or whatever, they left the room, whatever, somebody asked the question, how do you feel about Superman's son being bisexual? Me being me, I gave my opinion. I said, I don't give a fuck. I don't care what his sexuality is. If I want to watch Superman, I'm going to watch the shit because his sexuality has no bearing on anything, just like an athlete. I said one thing I, I cannot stand. Hold on. I got to interject real quick, though. Okay. So there's a Superman movie. It's an hour and a half, okay? 53 minutes is full frontal, hardcore, man-on-man action. All right, is that still the same Superman movie for you, though? No, so... Hold on, but I'm gonna <laughs> let, let's back burner that for a minute because I like, because I, like, no, I like the fighting scenes, but there's a lot of fucking. No, it seems like an inordinate <laughs> amount of fucking for a superhero. But, but you have the choice to watch it or not. You, right, you, right. But you I'm still just have saying, the choice. You're not forced into I'm, watching. I'm just it. saying with the Lois Lane, you know, he kissed Lois Lane. I'm talking like the the Christopher Reeve Superman. He gave her a couple pecs. There wasn't any hardcore, you um, know, pornography. But it's like the love interest to him and Lois Lane was so incidental. Right? I'm gonna get, I'm, but I'm gonna get okay. into all this. Okay, okay. So, so, you know, I'm like, just like athletes, I cannot stand, cannot stand when an athlete comes out and declares he's gay. You know why I don't like it? Because what the fuck does that have to do with you catching a touchdown on Sunday? At all? Like what? Now your whole story becomes that. Nobody thinks of you as, you know, Jim, the the best running back in the league anymore. They're just the storyline is always, oh, he's the first gay athlete, or he's this, or why does it matter? And you don't see that same thing. And and you know, I, I know people will argue, well, you don't have the same struggle being straight. So you don't have to come out and say that, you know, because that's what, as someone who's straight would say, like, well, straight people don't do that. And I get it. You're, you're fighting for something or you feel like you have to fight for something. But then the very next thing out of their mouth is it's kind of like the black struggle. You, no, motherfucker, it's not like the black struggle. It's, it's different because you motherfuckers got mad, started canceling shit, and blacks are still fighting for rights. Damn near 500 years later. You motherfuckers got it instantly. You got rights. Um, so, you know, we kind of went there, whatever. And then, of course, of course, there was a white liberal in there. And so he started using words that they'd say only on CNN. <laughs> and 
and Fox and these big words. You know, he wanted to sound smart and shit. And he's like, well, you, you sound homophobic. Now, mind you, I preface the whole thing. I don't care if you're gay, straight, whatever. If I want to watch Superman, I'm going to watch Superman regardless. And Even so I didn't. If it's front loaded with 20 minutes of hardcore <laughs> man on I man superhero. I mean, you're seeing the penetration. <laughs> they, well, they, they, <laughs> so they brought Yo, that up. You know, they, I'm they keep brought it real. that up. That's how it would be if. Uh, and I know, let me disavow, but that's how it would be if Superman was gay on film, like in a movie. Oh, he'd have to have like a, it'd be a shirtless scene where he's pounding somebody out but, and yeah, they show all the motion. Everybody like, is saved. Yeah. Yes, bro. Everybody is, you know, you were going to burn to death in that car if I didn't fly over here and use my laser beams to free you from the wreckage, right? Well, I mean, yeah, you don't you think imagine? you owe Superman a blowy? It if become, you imagine well, it the guys about, that he's picking up, he's picking them up and flying them from behind and shit. And they're all <laughs> nervous. They're nervous. Like, oh, this isn't the way to my house, Superman. <laughs> why, is he, why is he sniffing my hair? Why is he holding me and flying me to safely? How come if he's gay, he becomes a predator, though? Why does he have to be like, <laughs> why does he have to become rape Superman? What am I, <laughs> Just because he's gay, that makes him rape Superman? No, no, he could he could be a very um, sexually uh, conservative homosexual. Yeah, he he's just a chill guy. He's rescuing people. Yeah, and then, and then he goes home and he cries because he's like everybody thinks I'm gonna rape him. <laughs> like, why does everybody else. think I'm a rapist? Um, you know, because you're a gay that, guy. You fly. That, that Superman movie I would watch. That's an interesting angle. It is. Like uh, all the, you know, all the the prejudice against them is like, yeah, you, you're not gonna try to rape me, are you, Superman? No, I'm gonna get you out of this building. You're <laughs> well, so hurtful. Let's be <laughs> honest, though. So, and it sounded to me, I I can't, I can't say for sure, but there there was a gay dude in the room, and he kind of came to my defense because he did. He was like, I didn't hear anything homophobic at all. He he clearly said. If he wants to watch Superman, his sexuality doesn't matter. Yes, yeah, and yeah, and he said, he says this. He goes, I don't. He said this now. He goes, I don't like the whole thing because him being bisexual, whatever. He goes, the whole film would be about that because you're. They're not going to. He said, unfortunately, the community is not going to. That's that's what they're going to push. That narrative. It's not going to be about Superman anymore. He's like, that's why it needs to be a different character altogether if you're going to do that. I said, okay. And so. Well, it's this, not Superman. It's Superman's son who is now yeah, holding son. the mantle of Superman. His, so it's not son, actually. Yeah. It's a little different because the younger Superman, maybe he was drinking the milk and the hormones got him and shit. You know what I'm saying? Turned him gay. He, he watched too many little Nas X no, videos. No, pink, pink kryptonite. Oh yeah, pink kryptonite. That's part That's of the storyline. He got hit with I, the pink. So how is that not even a little over the top? Okay, so wait, no, that's that's real. Yes, pink kryptonite. Look it up. I promise you. No, it's not. I, listen. Yeah. Have, have I have I misled you thus far? Pink kryptonite is in the storyline. So holy, hold on, hold on. Pink kryptonite is the type of kryptonite that seemingly turns Kryptonians homosexual. Okay. 
It is so, unknown what it would do to an already homosexual Chris Thomas. <laughs> what in the entire fuck? Now look. Okay. Now look. Now I just want to tell you. Now if I so you could take any of our pantheon of characters that people would be offended by. If I came up with that storyline, it would be just as outrageous and offensive. But because it's the official narrative, and this is supposedly woke, it's perfectly acceptable, but it sounds cartoonishly homophobic. Like, so how do we even get a gay Superman? Pink kryptonite. <laughs> so so what pissed this motherfucker off, the liberal dude, um, what made him mad? So I left this part out. What What made him feel like I was homophobic? He was like, I think this is great because it teaches kids that you know, it's okay to be different and this, that, and the other. And I interjected and I said, you should be teaching your kids. Yes. Marvel Parents shouldn't be doing it or, or, or DC okay or, yeah, it, you should have this discussion and have the open mind to have these conversations. It shouldn't be Marvel, DC, fucking GI Joe, none of that. It shouldn't be that. And that's what, really triggered him to say I was homophobic because he saw it as I was saying, you know, this is wrong. This shouldn't be. Even though I said from the very beginning, I don't give a shit. And and I told him, kids, you know, kids should be kids. They shouldn't be worried about sexuality um, at a young age. And when they are, you should be the one to teach them um when they have questions or, or whatever, you should be the one who guides them, not fucking TV. Yeah, I think they're going to end up painting themselves into a corner, most likely, because what's going to happen is now that you've got all these characters with these extra personality traits and shit, they, they're not going to be able to do any wrong. So you can't have a dark Superman story now. Because if he's bisexual, everybody's going to be like, oh, now that he's gay, he's evil. Like, you're not going to be able to have gay villains. Like, so they, they, I'm pretty sure, and maybe not the, the most intelligent and sound mind of the people in the community would complain about it, but there's going to be a lot of people on the outskirts that just want to do what they, I, I think what the proper title is that I heard recently is social flopping. So just like these athletes pretend they get injured and they fall all over the ground, that's what people are doing socially now. Everybody wants to pretend that they're injured because they think you're going to get kicked out of the game. You're going to get red flagged and shit. You're going to get a technical foul if I fall on the ground right at the right moment. Like, oh, he doesn't believe in uh, trans transsexuals. Like, so how does that affect you, though? Because he doesn't believe in it. He's like, well, I'm transsexual. Okay, well, doesn't that cancel out his belief? No, it nullifies my existence. Wait, how? How? If you exist, again, trapped in a trap, right? If you exist... <laughs> And he doesn't think you exist. How does that affect your actual But think existence? about how powerful you just made that person's opinion. Right, right. Which is what Dave Chappelle said repeatedly. Uh, to what extent do I need to participate in your self-image? Which is super powerful. That's some shit yeah. that's going to go down historically as the quote of a generation. When we finally took the world back from the blue hairs. <laughs> we, we took the world back from the blue-haired feminists and shit. I think that's most of these people who wanted this world that they were taught, they thought they were talking about. They're getting a taste of it now, right? So back to the transgender athletes fighting women, right? 
women fighting women. This is what they how they want us to say. It. This is women fighting women, no matter how you slice it. So a lot of women in different places have been saying for a long time that they feel like they get secondhand treatment. They don't make as much money as the male athletes. They're just as good. And all of these things are getting shifted around in places where they 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 want to be put in the same position with the same responsibility as men because, you know, they're women. Like, fuck, I can do it. Fuck, why not? Let me do it. So those ideas and those sentiments is what led us to transgender men or women fighting women in the ring because no re- regular dudes, regular toxic masculine dudes would be like, no, nah, that's a man. You can't fight a girl. And there's women who exist in the world right now who would hear that and take offense to it. And they're like, who do you think you are? You're a fucking dinosaur bigot because you don't think a woman can beat a man. You're a piece of shit. So that got taken seriously by the right group of people. And somebody said, fuck it. Well, let them let them play. Let them throw the javelin with you. Let them do the shot put with you. Let them run with you. Let them fight you in the ring until you change your mind. So I think as far as sports go, that's something that just has to work itself out. I I, I would never protest about it. I don't think it's uh, I think there's a reason that the sports are separated, male and female. And almost every, uh, there might be a few sports that I think, I don't think it would matter as much. Like shit like pool, you know, billiards, or whatever. Chess. chess. I don't think a man has a significant advantage in a woman over pool or chess or anything like that. But if they're going to wrestle, Nine times out of ten, if they're in the same weight class, yeah, somebody gonna get their ass whooped. Most likely, we know who's gonna, it's gonna be the the person who's closest to biologically male. Ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine <laughs> times out of a hundred thousand, right? Is is the the even if you're just a moderately in shape dude, if it's a woman that's your same weight class. And she's highly trained. She trains she, every day. She knows how to throw a punch. She knows how to slip the jab. She knows how to ground a pound. I mean, she is skillful. If you weigh as much as her and you're a dude and you're just not a fat cigarette smoking piece of shit, like you, you're moderately in shape, it's <laughs> what are we even talking about? What are, what are we even talking about? I've been punched. I've been punched in the face by girls almost as many times as I've been punched in the face by men. There's a significant difference. A significant difference. Significant. Yeah. I, yeah. See, if you and that's that's when sports comes into play. As far as personal interactions, I think most men in the world understand that when they deal with each other, there's always an underlying threat of violence. Yeah. When you're having an argument with a man, any type of disagreement you're having with another man, that both of you understand that this shit could go left if we don't maintain a certain level of respect for each other. This shit, we could be, yeah, it could go down. And I don't think women really process that when they're arguing and talking shit to people and getting aggressive, even if they're women who present themselves as dudes or they're trans, whatever. I don't think they have fully accepted that there's always a real threat of violence when you're dealing with men. So but, it's a teachable moment. It's it is, but, moment. But, but why are we even stopping at hormones and bone structure 
and muscle fibers. Why are we just stopping there? When is Tyson Fury going to fight Colin McGregor? Why aren't they get like, why are we just stopping there? Let's get fucking rid of all the barriers. Weight class doesn't matter. Height, weight, age. You know, I want to see Colin McGregor get in the ring with an infant and just punch (laughs) that fucking baby right in the face. With Martin Short. Colin McGregor versus Martin Short. Yo, just just because he's a baby, but he's not, he can't get in the ring? Are you fucking ageist? Can you be too old to fight? Why can you be too young? You know, like, like that's the whole point of weight classes. And cat, we acknowledge that there's a reason to categorize to try to make it as evenly matched so it's about skill rather than just net. That's why we regulate, yo, you can't do all them steroids or we're going to put an asterisk next to your no. home run record. You should give them all the steroids. Give them <laughs> that's all what my the dad, steroids. That's what my dad says. Just yeah. get these... Just let, Give all the said, baby why, steroids and put them in the ring. He said, why, you know, maybe in, in combat sports, you should outlaw steroids because you could actually kill each other. Fuck it. But he's yeah, like. You could kill each other regardless. There's some No, deaths. but he's like in baseball and shit like that. They shouldn't, they shouldn't regulate it because it's not going to make you hit the ball any better. You still got to have good timing. You, you know, there's a lot of. A lot of things. So some sports, you know, just let them play on even terms. They're all going to do it anyway. Just like bodybuilding. Every bodybuilder that's a professional takes steroids. Period. Right. But, there but is no also, natural bodybuilder. There, but there's a regimen, and there's a different in re- like if you live in fucking California, you can eat a whole bunch of steak and eggs for breakfast. Every, you know, are you going to have the same phys- physique as the the bodybuilder in in the Sudan? You know, like. You, you you could say, well, it's not fair. You don't have at yeah, exactly. We we know what the best ingredients are, right? And if you you're eating radishes and and sand and you're fucking starving, your body's not gonna perform as well and you're not gonna get as big and as strong as if you're eating fucking baby seal meat every morning for breakfast. Your your body's gonna metabolize it and make you stronger. This is just one extra step in that science. Like, that's been evolving science. Like, okay, Timmy eats tomatoes. He's a bitch. Um, Carl is eating steak every morning, and he seems to be progressing differently, right? It, we, we understand that it's it's a part of your biolo- the biological sciences that what ingredients you, that has a bearing on it. So if if we're not telling athletes that they, you know, well, you, you have to have this diet, right? You have to have this. I agree 100%. You should be able to ingest whatever the fuck you want that gives you an edge. Absolutely. And if you're willing to subject your body to that, by all means. And I think you should even maybe have, if you really want to have uh, separate leagues, okay, men, women, weight class, none of it matters. The new categories are going to be, are you on performance-hanging drugs or not? No age like limits, it. no weight limits. Everybody goes and and I don't want to hear. Oh, if you put men and women or transgender in the bathroom, they're going to rape each other. There's a lot of men who've been raped in gyms all over America by other men. And so it, it the people with penises are the danger. Their sexuality doesn't matter. Gay Superman is probably not a rapist. I just want to go on the record and say that right now. So have them in the same locker room, same weight class. Doesn't matter. You either are on HGA or whatever, or you're not. That's the only difference. That's it. That's it. I want to see some dudes in the NWA. The NWA hasn't had fucking dunks 
for fucking decades. It's been around. Nobody wants to watch because nobody's really fucking slamming it down. Nobody's coming back with the tomahawk jam. It's a barely get over the rim, one-handed dunk. That shit is whack. Nobody gives a fuck about layups. But if you get some dudes in there, transgender dudes, women, whatever, and they're all hopped up on fucking human growth hormone, they're getting some experimental shit, so they look like Bane and the fucking Incredible Hulk, and they're just going in there and they're fucking tearing down the rim like Shaq used to do in the 90s, yo, I'm with it. I guarantee you the NWA is going to fill more more seats than they ever have before. Okay, so... The WNBA will never be the same. So... Would you say that same thing if you rewind and see Herman going to dunk? It's the ugliest dunk I've ever seen. Ugliest dunk ever. You thought that shit. You thought this motherfucker was going to go tear it down like He was so big and so cool with his New York swag, and he ran 30 feet behind the rim. I'm like, yo, he's about to do some crazy stuff. This dude really seems to know what he's doing. And then he approached the rim. I'm like, that's the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's horrible. <laughs> There's nothing cool about Trash. this. I've been deceived. Look, it, it's all because this is the way that they shut it down. Because the way that they and the dude did it, and, and white liberals are my least favorite self-identified people group on the planet right now, because um, they just say ridiculous shit, and it doesn't have to make any sense, and they have the upper hand because. Everything in culture is telling them that they're right, even when they're indefensibly wrong. Um, They frame it that way so that there is no intellectual discourse. There's no appealing to your rational mind. It's just, you're a bigot, therefore I can discount all your opinions. I don't even have to continue to talk. That was his go-to. Oh, well, you sound homophobic. No, 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 no. I made a point. You're supposed to address my point. You're supposed to tell me why my point is incorrect or provoke me to think deeper about it by asserting your own point. We didn't even get that far because in that world, that's how conversations work. You don't make a point, then I make a point. Maybe I understand you better. You give me some more perspective to broaden my horizons. That's not how it works. I have an opinion. I expect everybody in the fucking world to also share my opinion If you express something that's contrary to my opinion, I'm not going to engage you and 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 appeal to your rational your rational mind and explain why you're wrong. I'm simply going to assert the magic words: you're a dinosaur racist bigot, you're a homophobe, you're 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 all of these buzzword ad hominem or whatever. That as soon as you're identified as that, that's the worst thing you could possibly be. You're a Nazi, you're a racist, and then everything after that doesn't matter. There's nothing else to talk about after that. You're a person that can be devalued and dismissed, not based on the merits of your argument, but simply by virtue of your identity. And if you don't agree with me, your identity is that you're a dinosaur racist bigot. So it is. Look, it's the not engaging and not it's sad because you don't want to discount anybody's humanity. You want to try to deal with people on an even level and take them, you know, at face value and take them seriously. But it's like, look, you're, you guys are just, you're telling everybody that doesn't agree with every single point of your dogma that they're hateful racists. And it's like, nothing could be further from the truth. Most of the people 
that are disagreeing with your religious assertions on 99% of the things that are important to you, they would be sincere allies. I don't want people to be fucked with just because of the way that they dress or that they, they, they say that their gender is more complicated than men or women. So let's beat them up. Let's ostracize them from society. Let's make sure they can never have jobs. Fuck that. No. I don't, I, I don't necessarily see eye to eye on a lot of that shit that y'all assert. But if there was ever a campaign to get you fired, to get you ostracized from societies, to get you to be feeling like you're the other, I would absolutely be against that. So we would be allies in that regard. But you make enemies out of the people that would otherwise support you. Because if they disagree with any article of your faith, then you try to get them fired. You try to get them ostracized from society. It's not a fucking winning formula. You're, you're not winning people over. You're just intimidating them to the point where they'll just tell you what they want to hear. Okay, that's precisely fine. why I haven't, even though I'm, I'm evolving, I haven't been able to get away from my alter ego Patty Tanninger, the caddy manager. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck did we just... What happened? Patty My... Tanninger? <laughs> yeah, bro. So who's the, what's the alter ego used for? No, you can't go radio silent. I need an explanation on oh, Patty you... Tanninger, the caddy manager. Look him up, bro. YouTube Patty Tanninger, the Oh, oh, it's like a real, this is an established thing. Here, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> T-Y or T-I-E? Hold on, hold on. I'm going to just play it for you. I'll play it. Hey, you that Griffin boy's father? Patty Tanager, the caddy manager. Yeah, it rhymes. Big whoop. Want to fight about it? Oh, shit. <laughs> Big what a fight about it. That's the homie right there. I know. Yeah, so that's that's why I can't. As much as I want to like let that person go, that's my recourse for these stupid motherfuckers. It's like okay, so you just want to shut shit down. I don't agree with you. You don't agree with me. So I'm just totally wrong. You just want to shut shit down and and cancel me and have others cancel me. So I have my equalizer too. That's when I become Patty Tanninger. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, well then, you know, shut me down then. Because yeah. I, I and I want to get rid of that fucking guy, you and know? But with toxic masculinity. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. That's what, see, I, okay. You. I see, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Because it is real shit because you have this... It can be this real need to go head to head with these motherfuckers sometime. And I don't know, sometime it could be because you really think you have a small percentage chance of winning them over and fixing their, you know, quote unquote, fixing their frame, their uh, their frame of thought or some shit like that. And sometimes it's just because people like to argue. They like to be entangled in that kind of shit. But yeah. really, the truth is, if... If you were confident, like, okay, so if you were in a in a room or in a, a chat room or something like that, and there was a bunch of people in there and they started talking about whether or not the earth was flat, like, how, how long would you argue with them? I wouldn't argue at all. Why not, though? I, you know what? I don't even want to argue with these motherfuckers. No, That's but, my but, whole but point. You, 
But you said you wouldn't argue at all with the flat earthers. Why not? What's the difference in, in between those two, the argument? Why would you choose not to argue at all with one group of people, but the other group of people you do, you choose to argue with? I don't choose to argue with the other motherfuckers either. But what I'm saying is it's when somebody wants to completely shut you down. See, I don't feel like a flat earther. I, I think they're... Flat earthers they're, ain't canceling people. Yeah, they're not... No, what what's the, what would be the canceling situation like? What would be the even uh, what what conversation would lead them to have you in a position where they're saying they want to they want to shut you down? As soon as they identify you as some sort of bigot um, or homophobic person or whatever they consider, kind of like what Dan said, it's like whatever their opinion of the or perception of the situation is, it becomes that. And there is no swaying that. And I don't care to sway their opinion at all. My whole thing is don't, don't try to cancel someone or, or shut someone down um, or paint them to be something that they're not um, without being able to pay the piper. Like you, there's yeah. consequences to that. So you, you want to, you want to paint somebody as something they're not, then you have to be ready to deal with the consequences. It's not just a matter of shutting some shit down and, and that's it. Cause I don't yeah, care. You, I don't want to change their mind at all. Yeah. But, but they've besmirched your good name, sir. And that's when the dual glove comes out. Yeah. You've insulted my honor. So now we have to take it there. And, and you know what? And maybe that's going to make a big comeback because at this point, these are all indefensible positions. I mean, a lot of the shit that's being asserted as just undeniable truth is complete and utter horseshit. And so, and let, and let me let me say this too, uh, yeah. while it's on my mind, if I'm totally in the fucking wrong and I'm disrespecting someone, I expect to get punched in my fucking mouth. So it goes both <laughs> ways. I'm not I'm not that guy that just. I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm punching everybody in the mouth. And no, if if I'm doing some fucked up shit that is deserving of getting punched in the fucking face, then I fully expect that to happen. But he, here's why it's not going to work, though, because get, them canceling you is their version of punching you in the mouth. Of course. That and that and that's the way. So you're you're talking two different languages of almost like two different. Um, species of carbon life forms like y'all are. Huh. I sound so barbaric on this show. Yeah, you're 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 definitely yo. You get the dinosaur bigot racist crown. You wear it. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. there's gonna have to be somebody else that comes in here to take it from you. But, but again, I mean, like you came when, out swinging right from the you beginning. Know me, yeah. but when you know me, you understand that. My delivery, though as harsh as it is or, or seems to be, you know who I am at the core. And then no, you know, right. and, and, okay, he's but, but not this, is this what, person. Right, but this is what's silly about it because you, you've never um, bullied um, a person for being gay or bullied no. someone for being transgender. You've never hung out by gay bars looking to beat somebody up. You've never done physical violence. So... Those to me are more tangible manifestations of hate. 
and here you're a bigot I, and you're a hate hatred, I, right? Yeah. I hate this, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I hate I hate when people do this, man. So I can't even believe I'm about to do this. But my sister's gay. So like it doesn't you, bother me at all. Your best you friend know? is black. Yeah, exactly. That's that. See what I mean? Like I have a black, black person stayed at my house one time. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. That, that's why I said I hate it. But you know, um, and she and I have this conversation all the time. And yeah, oddly enough, my sister herself will be like, "I don't like gay people," and I'm like, "Really?" And she's like, "Yeah." She goes, "It's not the people itself. It's the the idea." The activism. Yeah, she that, said. There's I don't, a lot of gay people that like hate it. the activist wing. Yeah, because she says that then she gets put in a box. Right. You know, people so you just automatically like assume. Right. Or they assume this she wants her. to be a guy. My my sister dresses and everything like what you perceive to be a guy, but she is super feminine. And she's okay with that. She's like, you know what? This is just the style I like. I don't want to be right. a guy at all. Yeah, this is what the system needs. This is what the algorithm needs. There's shit on both sides that people have to unpack and unravel. And as long as we keep ignoring it, it this is, you know, all of this chaotic shit is going to keep bubbling up. We just got to let people do what they do to get it out of the system. We got to learn to ignore shit that don't concern us and not be so afraid of each other and people who are expressing themselves in ways that we choose not to express ourselves. And that goes for everybody in every iteration of this human experience. Like we, we see a lot of us have issues with what other people are doing because they superimpose it onto their own life and their own kids. It's like, if you see, if, if you go to the beach or something, you see two dudes holding hands, it's like, oh, that's disgusting. I don't want my kids seeing that. But if you see a dude and a, and, a, and a lady holding hands, it would never trigger you in your mind to be like, oh, I don't want my kids to see that. So it's like these these sentiments and these ideas manifest in ways that a lot of people don't understand the energy that they're putting out just by the thought process that they're holding. So like you said, you don't care if people are gay or whatever, it don't matter. But now we're to the point where that's not even enough. People are going to latch on to you saying some shit like, I don't like that soft shit. And they're going to be like, yo, let's, let's, let's drill down into that. Let's, let's mine down. And what do you mean by you don't like soft shit? So you don't like men who are soft. So that's toxic masculinity. They got a whole line of questioning for pretty much everything that they think is out of alignment with their vibe, their movement or whatever. And I see a lot of it. I don't pay attention to it too, too much because I, like I said, again, I don't really be caring and I don't have conversations with people where I talk, I talk the most on this show and to my wife. Like I'm not in no public spaces talking to people about shit that I generally don't agree with. If I'm talking to people online, it's about native plants and where to buy your fruit trees and shit like that. I'm not, I'm not having no conversation about politics, about nothing where people could be like, well, you know what? I think you, you sound like you're intolerant. I just don't, I don't see any value in those spaces where people are trying to mine each other's ideology. Like why you want to know what I think? Why you want to know where I stand on this topic? So you know how deeply you can disrespect me or not. Can you call me a Nazi or a homophobe? Like you, you looking for a way to categorize me. So I don't even fuck with it. And I know if more people felt like that, a lot of these platforms wouldn't exist. There wouldn't be any clubhouse because it wouldn't feed the algorithm enough to people to group up together and talk about permaculture. That wouldn't get a whole lot of uh, traction. But if you talk about flat earth and aliens abducting white people 
and a scientist with two brains and shit like that. People, they're definitely down for that because it's a lot of room to speculate and argue and tug of war and that shit. But it's it's a money maker, so I ain't mad at him. Get your fucking money. Listen to people argue. But there, and, and maybe there's a percentage of people who are going to sift through all of that and find some real value that they can practically apply in their life. But most people are just going to get a dopamine drip and that's it. They're going to listen, they're going to argue, they're going to call somebody stupid, they're going to laugh, and they're going to go to bed high because it's going to be like, yeah, I dunked on that idiot. And and that's your drug for the night. Yep, pretty much. But fuck, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't. I got too much work to do, to be honest. Listen, you're, you're always the voice of reason when it comes to these things because I, I can say 100% that it, there's no way to 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 pick apart the wisdom of that position it's like look if i talk to you and i tell you what i'm what i really think about any one of these things first of all one i'm just here um to 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 buy a mr good bar at the checkout so this (laughs) is the extent of our interaction but i guess since i'm waiting in line i guess so i'm gonna basically have a conversation with you to go into the depths of my my own personal thoughts just so I can hand you over an arsenal to attack me with. Yeah, that's that's a that's a stupid fucking conversation. Right. Dude, I was at a uh, I was at a Wawa once, and I went inside to get like an iced tea or something like that. And the cashier at the Wawa was a dude. He you know was a guy. He had a fade and shit. He was clearly a guy, but he had his fucking nails done, like immaculately too, like. Crazy long fake nails, colored and glittering, like oh, but crazy, crazy. And I walked up, I saw, you know, I saw the guy's nails, and I didn't say nothing about it. And I left. Yep. <laughs> and I probably avoided something that would have felt like a trap for a large percentage of manly men. They would see, I know dudes who would be like, see, that's that agenda and fucking that, that shit ain't okay. And all of these feelings start bubbling up in people. Like, ain't no man supposed to get his nails done, all this tough shit. And it's like, all you got to do is not acknowledge that shit. (laughs) Or, or a highly evolved man, right? Could be like, nice nails, buddy. That shit's awesome. Right. And completely defuse the whole shit. But, People would rather hold on to their disgruntled energy because somebody else is doing something that you don't think they should do with their self. Their self-experience that they're having in the world shouldn't be able to... You shouldn't be able to play that particular note with the, your clarinet. I don't like it. Why, yep. you, why does it move you in any particular way? Like I, I don't get it. Well, I think I do get it. I think it's the fact that people are threatened by the things that they attach onto their identity, right? So if you build all of these things onto your identity, you attach all these things to your avatar, and then when those things get threatened or the structure of those things start to change, you feel threatened because you don't want to change. It's like, no, this is the this is the iteration of manhood that I, I subscribe to. So now it's changing and I don't want the update. I don't want the man 2.4 shit where y'all wearing tight jeans and coloring your hair 
and dudes is getting motherfucking muscle implants and shit like that. They're getting hair weave like women, and people are outraged by it. They're outraged. These these are just dudes who are like, uh, no, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think humans can uh, can use subterfuge to get mates. It's not just something that women do. We can do that shit too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I and if you really unpack it and you really break it down, you can't be mad at them. If, if it's if it's if we talk, we're humans, right? Women said they wanted equality. You know, men have been trying to prove that they that they take care of too much and do everything, and they're not appreciated for a long time. So why don't both of y'all withdraw, try some, try withdraw and try some new shit, and see if it works. Who knows? I don't think we have to really be worried about the existence of humankind because men and women were at odds with each other for a couple, you know, a couple seasons here and there. I thought, you know, the birth rate is down pretty low, but it's not dangerously the world is over low. I think we still got some wiggle room to figure some shit out. And I think coming from the generations we came from, we have to admit that there's a lot of shit that could be repaired. There's a whole lot of shit. We grew up on Yo, we we grew up on rape being okay to a certain degree, like in comedy and movies and shit like that. I, I watched some of the shit that I saw as a kid growing up, and I can't even believe that we sat through it and watched it as children, bro. Like, rape as comedy is a huge part of the era that we grew up in our childhood. And, and the movies and cartoons, even the shit, Pepe Le Pew's a fucking rapist. And we thought he was a cool he dude. Never you know? penetrated. So he, he was a he was a, he was a serial aggressive. He was a serial attempted rapist. <laughs> he didn't he didn't penetrate like the new Superman. He just he just chased. Right. There was a scene I think it was in either Nerds or Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Where he like pretends to be the boyfriend, which is yeah. clearly a kind of rape. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Just, and it's just like, ah, oh, it's silly. He pretended to be the boyfriend to get sex with her. I mean, uh, dude, come what would on. You do? What would you do if you're doing and, and it sucks, right? Like this whole example thing is horrible. No, you shouldn't even have to do it. But if your sister, your daughter, your aunt, anybody, any woman that you have some type of affection for, and she says, yo, I was, uh, I was at the fucking Y or something. I took a shower after I got done working out at the gym and some guy drilled a hole in the wall, stuck his pipe through the wall. And was waggling it around at me while I was taking a shower. Like, that shit wouldn't be comedy to you. He'd be like, yo, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. Show me the, show me the security tapes from, from the other side of the... Who was it? it was this guy stuck his fucking pipe through the wall. But that shit's hilarious in movies that they make for young dudes to watch. They, they play that shit as, uh, as acceptable behavior. A lot. Like, yo, it was a rape. There was an attempted rape in Back to the Future. Like, that was just some regular shit to throw in there. Yeah, Biff Tannen, he's cool, he's funny. Oh, ha-ha, he's a bully. He just tried to rape this chick in the back of the car. Like, this shit escalated quickly, bro. <laughs> like, you poured a milkshake on somebody's head. Yeah, that's funny. But now you're trying to rape somebody, B. That's not... This is a different type of thing right now. But we grew up on that shit. There's shit that needs to be repaired in there. Dude's got a lot of uh, digging and searching to do. I think women got some digging and searching to do. And it's obviously being reflected in how we're dealing with each other and and the conclusions that we're coming to. But, like, becoming more flexible about what you can accept for other people is a good skill to cultivate in life. Because ultimately, when it comes down to it, it doesn't doesn't even matter. I don't think it's going to affect any of us, really, unless we 
stay plugged into it and let it affect us. But I don't have to know what any of these people are doing. I don't have to interact with them in any type of way. It's just, it's, it's pointless. It's absolutely pointless. I don't give a shit what you're doing. Your dude, you became a girl six months ago. Now you're fighting UFC against women. You crack her fucking skull. Hey, buddy, look, listen, enjoy your life. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't give it any of my attention. There's a whole committee of people who can decide who you get to punch, and what genitals they need to have. Like that's not. It's not up to me. My opinion about it doesn't matter. So who cares? I'll just watch the YouTube clips when they when they upload the the knockout. I'll watch the knockout a couple of times and be like, see, that's what you get. <laughs> but but I ain't gonna be out here uh, having fucking conversations about it with strangers. That's for sure. No, if you want to know how I feel about any subject, feel free to peruse the the multitude of episodes that we've given to the algorithm up until this point, and you can glean everything you need to find out about me from the unadulterated, authentic truth that I've been telling on this podcast. And and there's hidden messages in the NFT art, and the higher dollar amount that you pay for it, the more access to secret codes you get when you buy it. Right. Right. You pay if you pay three ETH, you get to call me and ask me any question, and I'll answer it honestly. It'll tell you, and you can use the ammunition against them if you'd like. And call Absolutely. Them dinosaur races bigot. Absolutely. For three ETH. Yeah, I'll do it. And, and and I like the the world that you just painted, where you know women are in job sites with low cut Caesars and having to go to the hospital for like crushed L three vertebrae, <laughs> and there's. Dudes that are getting botched pectoral implants and they're all lopsided. It doesn't look right. You know, we, we you know, th- this is the path that we're going down for right now. I agree with you 100%. Um, let it play out. Let the antics ensue. And the best thing you can do as a reasonable-minded individual who's trying to be productive and not get um, wrapped up in all of this shit is 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 just not engage. It, yeah. it it sucks. They're they're just trying to mine your outrage to get a reason to cancel you. Nobody really cares what you're talking about. Nobody oh, really you're cares about, about to get what canceled now. Is. Oh yeah, I'm in trouble. <laughs> There's carbon monoxide in the house. We're all gonna die. <laughs> like no, nah, I just think the thing's fucking broken. Especially people who've already won the game. People like us, we have even less of a reason to engage with the fuckery. That's happening out there because of that fact. Like all of us are in a position to where, you know, we have people that we love close to us. We have so much time that we we got talent and skills and shit that we could be using and building and sharpening. We've already won. Like a lot, there's a lot of people out here still on autopilot, just floating around, and they don't know what they're gonna do. They don't know who they're gonna end up with. They don't know how they wanna uh, project themselves onto the world. And they got a lot of figuring themselves out to do. Like, we could cash out of the game right now and already be up. We've already won because we have some foundational dope shit that exists in our lives. So I think, I mean, it's always, you know, that you can have fun. and But I think it's smart to, to keep a limit on shit that's not making you vibe the way you want to vibe. Because it all counts. Some of that shit really is draining and... I know a lot of people don't like the the deep woo of positive vibes only. They're always like, no, you got to have balance. You can't have the good without the bad. It's like, I get that and I accept it, but that doesn't mean you purposely seek out negative shit so you can be balanced. 
That's not how that works. <laughs> that's that's not what was supposed to happen. There, what's supposed to happen is you build an index for how to deal with the the downside. You know, you deal with the ebbs and the flows. And when shit is bad and not flowing the way you want it to flow, you still maintain your positive attitude because that's re- that's an act of rebellion. You still stay in your joy. You stay in your gratitude. Even when you get a flat tire, you say, yep, it's all good. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm going to be right on time. I'm going to get this shit. Fi-. That When you take that type of attitude, that's the act of rebellion that keeps shit balanced. Not just like, because I always ask people, it's like, if you balance like that, like how much crack do you snort? Like, do you do any crack at all? Because you can't just not do no crack. You got to at least be balanced. You got to have some crack, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know if you want to seek out negative shit to make sure you're balanced. I mean, you know, let's Listen, keep that I'm, same energy. I'm not saying you got to suck off Superman for your next hit, but Yo, you got to at least indulge a little bit. I think just... we're about to find out the uh, answer to that question earlier, though, because uh, Pinky's wife's about to fuck his ass up. So we're going to see. If that weight class shit matters and all that, if he don't don't get on that motherfucking alarm, no, he he is a chivalrous brother, and I respect him. You know what I'm saying? That's the fam. We're gonna be on the compound together, growing intellectual properties. But he is a chivalrous brother, so he extends the greatest of concessions to his queen when it comes to those type of things. Me, on the other hand. (laughs) <laughs> I don't share the same sentiment You know what I'm saying So I, I'm not willing to accept any physical abuse From anybody in any configuration The only pass you get Is if you're a child And if you're a child I'm gonna attack an adult Who's responsible for you <laughs> So it's not that the ass whooping Don't exist It just gets transferred to the nearest uh, uh Guardian. Who's responsible for you? Who's responsible for this child? I'm going right across your face. You should have controlled this little kid. If a kid kicks me, I'm punching your dad. That's just that's just how we roll. Yeah, that's that's how we roll. And if I think if a woman just just so we on record again, it's like the second week in a row we spoke about this. If a woman attacks you with physical violence, you owe it to the spirit of equality to to violently retaliate. Yeah, or you're basically, in so many words, saying that you think she's lesser. Right, right. You think less of women? They've been telling you for centuries that they're equal. So if she, like, you know, what a lady would do, what a demure flower damsel of a lady would do is use innuendo and rumors and shit to destroy you like any other woman would do. She'll say something to you that hurts your feelings or she'll call the authorities and authorities will kill you based on her word without any actual evidence. They they can do that kind of shit. But if you attack me physically as a woman, I can't in all good conscience as a man who believes in equality that I can't, I gotta fuck you up. I gotta fuck you up. I gotta give you at least a two-piece to the face just to let you know that I believe in you. And you know and, and and that is super respectful. And I accept that I'm a dinosaur racist bigot in that regards. And I have not embraced full equality. So I'll, I'm, li- yeah. I'm, I'm living out my dinosaurness. And it, it, that's one aspect of my life that I'll admit to my unbridled racism. I'm sorry. Well, that, that's what makes our cult so powerful is that we can have... There's room for divergent opinions. Extreme differences of opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And we can still function. This is what permaculture is about. You know? Sometimes you grow a a plant that'll get punched and raped in his sleep. 
And, <laughs> and sometimes you grow a plant that'll put you in a chokehold and be standing <laughs> over you with a loving lesson when you wake up. You know what I'm saying? So they're both needed in the garden. You need both of those in the garden. That's all I'm saying. Well, I will say that if, you know, for those listening, this should serve as uh, a great example also how people can have a difference in, of opinion and the whole time the energy has remained positive. Not one argument. Well, that's simple. That's because there's love, there's respect, there's a rapport. We know each other. So we, we, we don't have to assume things about what's underlined or what's not being spoken. What did you really mean by that? That's a lot of insecurity that comes into play as a, as a multiplier for aggression when you're dealing with people who don't know you. You're talking to strangers. They don't know if you're being slick. You talk like we spoke to somebody who we've had on the show several times, who we lovingly refer to as the initiate, a friend of ours, Eugene. And the first time he came on the show to speak to us, we set some boundaries. There were some things he didn't want us to, like some words not to throw around because they might trigger him or something. And, and we came to an agreement. It was super light. I, I don't think either one of us felt put out of our way to like to to maintain this conversation or nothing like that and we ended up having a great talk and he told us about afterwards that it was amazing that we extended so much you know niceness and decency to him in this conversation and we were talking shit like we always do we didn't cut him no slack we i mean we just didn't use the word retard and i mean simple stuff like that and to him that was an extreme extension on our part because Obviously, what he was saying is we don't understand how people really treat each other when these conversations are happening. People talk shit. They call you name. They fucking super disrespectful. And for us to just really try to have a conversation, listen to him, say where we disagreed and try to find common ground, that was just like some revolutionary shit. So the fact that you take a, a little bit of extra time to listen to what people are saying and engage them in a specific way, if you're going to engage them at all, it, I th it matters a lot. It matters a lot. That's why we can have the type of talk we have because there's no subterfuge. There's no extra shit going on. But people assume when you're talking in spaces with, with strangers, they're on the lookout for it. They're poised. Uh, they, they got the comebacks and the quips ready. You know, they got all the insults right on deck, all the ad homs. They're going to stack them up. That's what it is. That's it's harder. It's much harder to navigate talking to the people you don't know. I see shit escalate on Facebook all the time. Quick. All you got to do is ask the wrong question or say the wrong opinion. And it's bait, right? People's like, oh, yeah. So there's two types of people in the world. People who like ether and people who like takeover. That's somebody's getting called a homo. <laughs> so this is this is gonna go left really soon because people just won't allow other motherfuckers to have a, their own perspective and their own experience it's like no there's an objective truth here and if you don't agree with it you're either dumb or like it's it goes wrong more way more often than not it goes wrong they're both great songs i mean takeover undeniably has a better beat I, i'm a takeover guy personally Overall? Overall. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an overall. guy overall. I have to say, so, okay, so... And this doesn't change anything between us. I just want to make sure... Right, that see, another clear. another point about how <laughs> vibrational tribalism works, right? So, just to be just real quick, uh, I felt like TakeOver was direct, 
The beat was crazy. I loved the the whole structure of it. I loved. When I heard Ether, I felt like Nas was addressing Jay Z point by point, like you do if you write a a letter home from summer camp and shit. Yeah, that's and I think fair. we talked about this before. Because it sounds care a little too much. Yeah, you write the letter home and you say, "Hey, mom, how's dad doing? How's the dog? Uh, we went swimming." And see you soon. And then mom writes a letter back. She said, dad's fine. The dog is doing good. I'm glad you had fun swimming. It's like, yeah, you replied, but we didn't really have a conversation here. You just replied directly to everything I said. And I kind of felt the same way about LL Cool J's response to cannabis. He just went through the things cannabis. You talked about my son. You said something about my book. Like It was like, bro, just rap, son. Like, book just that you read. Right, you bought, you bought it though, right? I don't think that punchline hit as hard as you thought. That's how I felt about Ether. I felt like Nas was just like going point by point about what. So it was cool. I mean, I understand a lot of people think it had more impact, but I don't know, man. Even to this day, when I listen, Takeover feels powerful, and Ether feels like a, a hurried response. It's but a good. It also response. feels like he was kind of showing off though, too. Like even the way he did the chorus where it was like two choruses in one, you know, like, I fuck with your soul like Ether will, show you the king you know you not. You know, like, that That was just a super no, clever man. way. Super like, cool. I don't know. Super cool, but I just, Ether feels powerful. I mean, uh, TakeOver just feels powerful to me, man. It's Ether. definitely a better beat. I didn't like that style of production uh, that that rose to prominence in that era. Yeah. It's, it sounds too jingly. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, ugh. but yeah, it, I mean, I, but again, I could, I could see how it could go either way. I think also, uh, I think you're doing a little more probably of a critical analysis, which is, which is, uh, arguably, um, more thorough. Uh, I, I, I feel like that whole thing for me is also framed about where my head was at when the whole thing went down. I thought it was silly for Jay Z to go after. So I there was probably some still some Nas fanboyness in me that's probably right. framing that. So probably, I, I could I could probably, probably evolve on that. Yeah. I, and and I and I'll admit some bias because I had I I'm pretty sure I completely turned my back on Nas after Uchi Wally. I didn't want to hear as, anything as he had to say. Did. I didn't want to hear nothing he had to say for a long time after Uji Wally. And even now, like, I, of course, I dig what he's doing and all of that. But that shit right there for that time period that it, that I existed in that space, that song was enough to make me never want to hear from you again. You didn't Listen. like the flutes, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, bro. I, I can't. just pretended that that album didn't even exist. <laughs> That's why I did. There was one song on there, I think Find Your Wealth or something, that had like a real ill like 70s loop, and he killed it on that. I forget the name of it, but every a lot of the songs on that whole Queensbridge thing was was trash. So I just in my mind, I just never even acknowledged. Like in that regard, like Jay-Z's Dynasty compilation was just, yeah, it was it it blew the Nas attempt completely out of the water. But um arguably it wasn't Uchi Wally. The the decline was was on Nostradamus. Well, well, what was it with the genuine song? Um, Baby, would you hold my ice? Something like that. Oh yeah, uh, 
Back it up something. Yeah, you yeah. owe me. Was it was that the song? Yep, you yep, owe me. Yep, yep. Yeah, if you let if 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 I let you wear my chain, you have to have sex with me. Yeah, something to that effect. And I was just <laughs> like, I don't know. And that that was when Nas started because I feel like Nas was you could argue, you know, reasonable doubt was Jay-Z trying to do an Illmatic. Like Jay-Z trying to fit in that lane, like of Nas. Like I've heard that argument. I could go back and listen to Illmatic. And I can go back and listen to Reasonable Doubt. And I could kind of see that. You know, I gave you a style for you to run with. Okay. But by by the time of Nostradamus and Jay-Z did that volume, uh, volume uh, was it volume two, Hard Knock Life? Yeah. In my lifetime, volume two. By, by that time, the beats, the beats pr- production shit and everything, he was going out getting the same producers and same cameos. At that point, Nas was trying, was chasing Jay-Z undeniably and that was some of the i think some of his worst stuff it didn't you know, start getting good again until uh hip-hop is dead you know who is shit on both of them though who's because he don't give a fuck cool keith <laughs> cool it. keith just don't give a fuck bro he's like uh, you know what i'm just gonna say a bunch of random words but they're still gonna make sense and you're just gonna love it it's performance it's performance art i, I give i give it to keith I give it to Keith. The emotional album with the opening trick. Girl, wanna kill herself. No, like what, just, what was the song? Like, no Hook or some shit? Where he was dissing motherfuckers just Oh, blatantly. yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was, it was great. It's I like, I, lo- I, I look into the audience. It's your moms and your friends. That's your fan base. Just, just fucking, <laughs> yo, just he just, not even yo, trying to get a cadence. Not trying not to land on the ones and twos. Just nope. fuck you. Straight fuck you. No and chorus was the name of it. No chorus. Wow, that's wow, it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious, man. Hilarious. I like I like Crazy Keith. Some people stopped fucking with him after Ultra Mag and then he lost his mind, they say. I thought he became cause there's still a couple songs where he cause he had a trademark flow that was just magic. It was undeniable magic. And you hear it all over the ultra magnetic shit. And there's a couple songs where he still utilizes it. But I thought he became infinitely more interesting once he just, like, from sex style on, it's just great, man. It's just complete and utter chaos. The girls don't like their jobs. Yo, had a theme for the album. It was just like, all right, in this album, I'm going to be a serial killer that pretends to be a doctor. And the songs are going to revolve around some of the things, how I'm mangling my patients. What? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be the theme. Yeah, it's just out of space shit. He's just he he's just I, I know some people that met him and they're like, yo, he's straight up, he's seriously mentally ill. He's a he's a mentally ill man who in any other circumstance might have ended up being homeless, but he found his niche in life and he's doing well for himself. And he's and, and he's without a doubt the most prolific dude in hip hop ever. Nobody has dropped more albums than him. I think he's at like forty or something. It's insane. But I can't. I can't. Yeah, fuck, right. I can't. <laughs> I can't Yo, so can't so back to your earlier conversation though. Remember, you said go listen to fucking Ultimate Warrior when you're tripping. <laughs> listen to a Cool Keith no, album, bro. If you, if you take you a hero's might, journey, you know, yeah, and then listen to a that might be the turning point for you. You might yeah. be like, you know what, this motherfucker's on some shit, bro. This is the illest motherfucker ever. Dude, I don't know. I don't know if I want to convert my brain into a fan <laughs> of Cool Keith. 
I mean, it's possible I could. It's possible I could get something out of there because I'm sure. I'm pretty sure he was tripping while he was making a lot of this oh, shit. Oh, had to be. So uh, there's a possibility that I could experience it while on some psychedelics, and maybe I could come out with a different opinion of it. But there's so much shit that I could explore while on psychedelics. This <laughs> <laughs> is not on on my immediate list of media to access when I'm tripping. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not even going. I'm gonna keep it real. He's just not on that list. What about know. a cool Keith? Uh, collabo with the Ultimate Warrior, bro. If somebody did a mix, honestly, I think if some DJ was crazy enough, if you did a mix of Cool Keith and the Ultimate Warrior, the algorithm, it, would, it already exists. Cool if, Keith did a song with Old Dirty Bastard with Mankind on it. The oh wrestler Mankind. <laughs> it already exists. Yo, and uh, just see, to hear that, old dirty bastard and cool Keith, bro, like two of the fucking not giving a fuckest motherfuckers ever. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, old dirty was a little more coherent and on beat. For sure. Co- no. Cool Keith was basically like, what's convention right now? Okay, let's just fucking do the opposite. It's it, it's almost, he was trolling pre trolling. Like his, but his how whole, is being off beat any different from these rappers today? And not, again, mother. prophecy. He was he did some shit as a joke to <laughs> mock the industry, sound. and Holy the industry shit. ended up becoming that. Yeah. He, oh. <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait, wait. So you telling me that if you take Cool Keith's acapellas and put him over some updated production, he could probably pass as a new rapper for people oh, who never heard of him and don't 100%. know. 100%. You, you could start a SoundCloud page with Cool Keith's vocals and updated production and most young people would have no idea who it was and they would probably fucking love it. That's amazing. Yeah, That's give, the, him I, a, give him an updated name, something like today, Lil something, Lil Keith or something. <laughs> and all day, bro, give him a couple face tattoos on the album because you... Nah, you no pictures, it. Mysterious, oh, bro. Yeah, no, no pic- picture. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No yeah. pictures. Mysterious, bro. Yo, that's awesome. Nobody that's awesome. would know, bro, because he was way ahead of his time. Especially the Black Elvis album. That would fit because um it was it was weird and offbeat, but it wasn't as weird like like Doctor Doom and all that shit. Um because I don't know how they would take that. But he actually <laughs> was he was yeah. more on beat on Black Elvis. Yeah, but still all of that out. You could put all of that out because even the shit that would upset people would get so much traction on Twitter and shit. They'd be like, can you believe he said there were bees in her anus? That's what (laughs) this guy's talking about on the music. Can you believe this? When he said he was in talks with Al Sharpton about making a new NBA expansion team, the Baldwin Hills Spacemen, (laughs) nobody was writing bars like that. I'm in talks with Al Sharpton about a new expansion team. In Baldwin Hills, the Baldwin Hills spaceman. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. He just, at some point, he was like, I don't give a fuck if I connect with the audience anymore. I'm just, I, there doesn't need to be a theme. There doesn't need to be any kind of cohesive anything. It's just, I'm literally going to talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about. It's amazing. I love it. Good for I him. I ain't mad at him, bro. I ain't mad at him. I, I love his level of expression and authenticity. If that's who you are, you absolutely should put out your music. You, like, whatever it is that you're doing, making movies and shit, whatever it is, 
your authentic vision is good enough to commit that shit and finish the project. So I'm with it. I'm definitely with it. But also, you can't have any expectations on who's going to like it or who's going to want to purchase it. (laughs) that's, That's not your business. Your business as a creative is to carry out your vision Bring that shit to fruition so the people who do dig it can come find it. You, you don't, don't start analyzing the motherfuckers who think it's trash. That's that's not your business. Not that I think Cool Keith is trash, but he is he on some wild shit. And I wouldn't listen to him unless I was forced to. There was a song for four minutes where all he did was just say something random. And then after it, say, I don't believe you. <laughs> You're going to see the Mets. I don't believe you. You got it. You got you got drugs and guns. I don't believe you. It just for four minutes. That was the song. Just everything. And the first. Sharpton was talking about real estate in Compton. With a loan from General Mills, I would start a new NBA team in Baldwin Hills, the Baldwin Hills Spaceman. Live with the orange basketball logo. Me coach the group solo. That's right, Dolo. With the commission of basketball, passing y'all in my Azor Rolls Royce. Y'all can't stop my voice and opinion. Here's the card in my phone extension. Not to mention, I ripped up four TDs to the Grammy Award. But at some point you kind of got him credit because it's almost like he had a business plan. Like, well, where are we going to get the funding for that? I'm going to take out a loan from General Mills. I'm going to get them to sponsor us. <laughs> the people that make the cereal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm working it out. I'm eyeing out the details. I got Al Sharpton on the phone. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> What? <laughs> I, like, I, like I like that you're proactive. I like that you're shaking and moving. moving. I like it. That's what I like. I, I like that he just didn't give a fuck. He just said whatever the fuck he wanted, and you were just going to listen. Fuck you. Like, Bitch, you, you already know, bought it. This is before streaming. You can't return it. It's yours. Like, you're yeah, stuck you with this. Done. Make the best of it. You were done. <laughs> You know, and then when he started, this was around the time where where masterpiece, uh, whoever was doing his artwork, like that became like like all of masterpiece albums had the same. Everybody that got released on his album or on his label, remember, it was like a it was like a different kind of plastic, and the graphics were all the same. Yeah, you know, it'd be all these and... things like right and like a hodgepodge is a collage of all these different things. Really so large he, fonts. Right, so he so he drops an album. He gets the same plastic uh, for the CD, so it wasn't like the clear plastic, and it had like the little uh, the the side of it had all these little indentions in it. It was like a unique um, a unique case that only Master P uh, was using at the time. And then for his, instead of all the cars and gold chains and sexy women's on the collage, he uses the same artwork. But then there's like a project building, a gorilla, a giant cockroach. He's got on a fake plastic uh, wig. And he's like, yeah, yeah, they know that same art style, but here's my version of it. Yo, it's just, it was great. It was great at the time. But there was only uh, you and the runaway slave slave catcher is the only other people I know in our circle that can tolerate Cool Keith. Cool Keith is universally loathed. By the, yeah. the majority of hip hop heads, like like I don't know how I I can listen to the Four Horsemen and Critical Beatdown, and that's about it. After that, I I can't fuck with Keith anymore. Yeah, dude. I, I remember the first time I heard him outside of uh, uh, Ultra Magnetic was hanging out in Seton Hall dorms, 
you know, it, it was that time of year where you can get away with it. It wasn't a lot of students there at the time, bouncing from room to room and shit, smoking everywhere. And we went to this one dude's room and he had Cool Keith playing. When we walked in, he had like just got it. He was amped. He's like, yo, it's Cool Keith, yo. <laughs> yo, we stood there. We stood there for like 45 seconds. <laughs> and just listen, we kind of like shifting our eyes, looking at each other and shit. And then we both just left. Like, you know what? Never mind. Well, whatever was going to happen here is clearly not going to happen. Not if you're listening to this shit. <laughs> and I remember when I heard it was something about an octopus. It was like, it was, I don't remember what song it was or nothing. I was just like, I'm not staying wherever this is at. I'm leaving. Can't fuck with Cool Keep. And I eventually went back and listened to a bunch of it as a joke. But yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with something like that, yo. Yo, there was a time when we were going, like, I think we did half shark, half alligator, half man. Um, like, we were on, like, the tram at, at Bush Gardens and just got on the intercom to say it. And, like, we would go into Walmart and you could go on the little Walmart phones and page and we'd go out through all the speakers. I mean, it was so dumb that they would just leave. I don't know if they still do it, but... They'd have like a phone on a pole, and you could just get on it and hit page, and it everybody in the store could hear you. Half, half shark, shark, alligator, half, half man. man. Just, He's half <laughs> man, half shark. Just like people are like, what the fuck is this? And who gave who gave this guy the 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 tram announcer speakerphone thing? Like, why is he is he part of the tour? Like, nope. Yeah. Just yeah, have I, to tell you. I'm I'm I wouldn't say I'm a huge Keith fan or anything just the fact that he didn't give a fuck he just said whatever i like that i like i like anyone who expresses themselves i like expression if if we haven't gathered that by this three-hour conversation we've had on this show i like i don't like to ever be shut down or shut down anyone who wants to express themselves because who the fuck am i to stop anybody from having an opinion and so if anyone's taken anything from anything I've said, no matter how barbaric it sounded, Bar- it's barbarity. Yeah, big time. But I, I think it's everyone's right to be able to express themselves um, as long as they're not disrespectful. Um, and I know we can have varying views on what is respect and not respect, but I mean blatant disrespect, because um, you know. You could perceive something as disrespectful, but it's easy to clarify by just asking the person, what do you mean by that or whatever, but people don't want to do that. But um, expression's a big thing, man. I I think that everyone should at least try to express themselves um, because, you know, some people shut themselves down because either how they grew up or they don't know how or – but it's a very – liberating thing to and my parents you know they they got a lot of things wrong but that that's one thing that they did get right uh i was always encouraged to express myself and be open um at all times so i'm very comfortable in that realm that's why at jobs it hasn't been a good thing i mean i have a a great job and whatnot but in the past like i didn't give a fuck i just said what i wanted to say you know because i felt like hey you're going to fire me or whatever, you're going to do it anyway. So fuck you. I'm going to tell you about yourself. Um, but expression is is powerful. And uh, I, I think that people should embrace expressing themselves more. But that's sure. what I like about Cool Keith. 
He, the motherfucker didn't give a fuck. Just fuck it. Yeah, and and I would say too. I mean, nothing in his catalog has gotten as many plays as like a Wolf in Sheep's Clothing or the Low End Theory or Illadelph Half Life. Like, I'm not trying to say like this is the pinnacle of of production and bars, and this is just no, 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 no. But it's as as a novelty and as an experience and just as like a creative alternative. Oh yeah, I, I love what the dude does. But I would be lying if I said, you know, yeah, I've I've played Doctor Octagon just as many times, you know, <laughs> I, I've played <laughs> I've played Sex Style just as many times. Nah, I don't know if that'd be lying. No doubt. Well, man, I'm uh I'm gonna wrap it up. I definitely enjoyed the conversation with you brothers today. I appreciate everybody taking time out to make this happen. I feel like these are important conversations, even though we always uh, find our way to some absurdity. I think it's been a uh, it's been a consistent portal into mining practical applications to make our situations better and deal with each other and people better. So in the absurdity, if you're willing to listen and really see what we're talking about, there's some good shit in here, man. There's usually some really good shit in here. So uh, I definitely appreciate it, man. I want y'all to definitely enjoy the rest of the evening. And we got to link up and do this shit again sometime soon. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure, man. Love y'all. Have a good evening, man. Yeah, man. Bless. I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace. Peace.